0: Welcome to episode 243 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. I'm Brian.
1: And I'm Megan.
0: And Tim is the ghost of Christmas past.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> he so is sad. not with us this year because work is hell. Capitalism sucks. The end. Sounds about but right. We... Yep.
3: It sounds about right to this. the end of this year. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, yep. We miss him and hope to have him back next year. Meanwhile, it has been uh, since 2019, since last we discussed our favorite comics, so we have a decade to get through. <laughs> Let's see. Um, these yeah, are our real. favorite comics of the 2020s, right? Like, that's how time has passed. Feels that uh, way. <laughs> a quick how is everybody before we get into it. How is everybody? Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Did it's you know
2: 2020.
3: 2020. It's six days until Christmas. Holy shit. I was going to say, do you, do you know there's only 12 days left in this year? Yay. Yeah. <laughs> do you I know that wearing...
1: because I've been stress buying all year long, I have had Christmas for everybody other than like uh, two people? In my house for almost a year. That's
3: amazing. (laughs) It's like. Well, for like half a year. Remember when we thought 2018 and 2019 were bad years?
1: (laughs) Oh my God. 2016. I was thinking about. I have like so many posts about 2016 being horrible, and I'm like.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: 2016, to be fair, we saw a lot
4: of death in 2016. It was a very weird, strange year. Yeah. 2017, 2018, 2019, not as great or not as bad. Right. But yeah, like. I will actually give 2016. It was a weird bad year.
1: Yeah. And then this happened.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's all relative. Can you guys imagine doing this podcast without the world getting progressively worse?
1: <laughs> Are we the no. reason this world got progressively worse? I mean, no,
0: Donald Trump is.
1: It's true. That's true. That's fair and true.
4: No, it's like, news. I am not feeding into this bit.
0: <laughs> I I am participating in my own way, which is optimism. God damn it, optimism. <laughs> 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 Love it. What doesn't kill us makes us stranger.
1: That's for damn sure.
0: You know it's
3: bad when I'm well, quoting and, the Joker. And and if you're Alex, it makes it weirder. So that's...
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. All right. Honorable mentions. We're going to go through these quickly. Whoa.
4: Okay. All right. Meg, hit me yes. with yours. So if I remember correctly, because I said this at 1.30 a.m., uh, I said Animorphs and uh, Unstoppable Wasp Novel. Yes.
0: Yeah, so oh, the Unstoppable cool. Wasp Built on Hope is the yeah. full title.
4: Um, which I forgot came out this year. Thankfully went through uh, what I've read this year. It is a novelization that kind of picks up where the comic leaves off. It is um, very good. I, I wish they had done it in comic form, but it is um, It's about her learning more about her mom. Um, cool, And kind of, again, just that whole found family and dealing with friends who know you've Cracked once and don't want you to do that again. (laughs) Um, and and I I highly recommend it if you like Unstoppable Wasp. I think it it does great in the same vein, um, just in novel form. Cool.
0: And Animorphs, The Invasion, the graphic novel.
4: Yeah, this is, I mean, as you know, we love Animorphs. This came out, I think it is a wonderful adaptation. Uh, and that is not because I'm biased, because I think Chris Grine is like one of the best people in the world right now. Um, but he is. Aww. And if you're not following him on Twitter, I highly recommend it for the sole reason of Visitor 3 in hats. But yeah, he is, I think, just finished inking the second. Maybe just finished coloring. I don't remember where he is on the second one, but I'm very, very excited for that. Uh, this one, I just, it it was great 90s nostalgia. Uh, and I'm very quick to jump when people have comments against it. So... <laughs>
0: big fan it is excellent i will affirm that
3: brian yes sir speaking of animal fiction sort of animosity <laughs> so this series wrapped up this year and um uh, I i know we talked about uh the first trade on one of our one of our live shows and uh yeah marguerite bennett was the writer and uh elton tomasi was the artist on this and this was just a really really cool kind of uh, story that you know ran its ran its story and didn't try to keep going past where it should have it was just i mean i just really enjoyed everything about this world building that they did in this how about punchline i mentioned this when it came out so punchline i'm talking about the one shot but specifically just about the character in general that came out this year right um and uh, I've mentioned this on on individual episodes of the show, but one of the things I was super, super happy to see with this was I was absolutely terrified we were going to get new Harley Quinn with this. And, I mean, there's obvious comparisons you can still make, but they have taken this character in such a different direction. Um, There was nothing about this character that had any of the problems that Harley's origin had, right? And I just really, really like how deftly they handled the introduction of this character without making her seem repetitive.
0: I think this is also a good place to point out that while this year has been difficult for the comics industry, sort of toe to tip, uh, the quality of comics that has come out this year is Mm -hmm. insane. And I say that here because I've just realized this is the highest any of us have placed anything in Tynan's Batman run. This will be the first year that there is no Batman in any of our lists. Oh my God. Yeah. And I'll probably reiterate this sentiment when we get to my honorable mentions, because Jesus, I cannot believe that some of these did not actually hit the, my top 10. Anyway, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Brian, is your third honorable mention.
3: Yeah, and this this is kind of uh, true of every, of all of them that came out. You know, these are all one shots. And I think what I liked about this, and the reason I wanted to mention them, was they did what they were trying to do very very well right i mean you have to go into this knowing that these are you know one shots world type tales you know one off tales not continuity but what i really really like that they did was in telling these they didn't just use their 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 shtick that they were promoting these as which is you know it's classic stories where something you know where they lose instead of win at the end uh, and end it there they always used that as the jumping off point to do something completely completely different and unexpected and kind of actually having that follow through i think is what makes these a bit unique and really good at what they were trying to do jen me ghosted in la
1: oh my god this book it was so hard for me to not include it in the top 10 of my books because it was just so good and so fun and such a romp. It's such a romp. I love everything about all the ghostliness and and musiciness and artiness and being a freshman at college aloneness. It's just It's just a really fun, good, happy, weird book. And I love it.
0: Queer ghost romance.
1: Queer ghost romance, yeah.
4: <laughs> How can you not? I'm glad to hear you mention it again because I definitely bought the first volume after last year. And have the second one. I haven't read any of it yet. Uh, and oh. was like, uh, there's so many things that I knew would automatically be in my list that I was like, I know if I read this, I'll love it, but I'm not ready to dive <laughs> in yet. So I'm really glad to hear it's still great. Like, still so I good. can't
3: add something else to my list I have to try and choose from, right?
4: <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
3: I told
0: I told Meg earlier this week, yeah, I've got three books I need to read. And her response was, why are you making this harder on yourself? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah.
1: That, w- that was the easy part for me was like if i haven't read all of it just it, it drops
0: it drops yeah. but there are
1: so many good ones that i had to drop because of that same
0: how about the last god
1: oh my god mm. this book this book is so i i honestly it's just it's on my list because it's so pretty yeah and gross at the same time
3: yeah but i i, I this easily could have Oh this, yeah. This was this was in the top 20 narrowing downs, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's got a real obvious like switch in it that you see coming but you don't care because everything right. is beautiful and all these characters are fucked up. They're they're fubar and I love them and I hate not reading it now.
3: <laughs> yeah. Alex you, you you mentioned something on on our last episode that that I think this one actually applies to. This is coming from DC. Mm-hmm. Which this probably feels more like an old Vertigo book to me.
1: Yeah, right. This is like yeah. so not like mainline DC no. at all. No,
0: I did cut that entire conversation because it went nowhere and we ran oh, for no. two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> but it's a valid point, and I think yeah. stands. Just if you're listening and you're like, I don't remember that. There's a reason. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, we did kind of ramble a bit and then didn't yeah. go anywhere. So that makes sense.
0: Thank you, Brian, for pretending I wasn't the only one rambling in that. Superman Smashes the Clan, Jin. This book.
1: This book's so good and so important for. And like, I don't think that we really understood how important it was for 2020 while we were reading it.
0: No, it's one of a couple of books that just feel ahead of the time in a way that is so conscious of the time, Mm -hmm. I think, because the thing all of those books have in common, I'm thinking of this, I'm thinking of. Uh, a bitter root i'm thinking of a couple of other things they're by creators of color they're yeah. people who live these lives right. and see these in ways that we as white
3: folks do not correct well, and what's so specifically crazy about this one is that you know it's retelling a radio drama that came out in you know what what was it like the fifth the, the late the mid 40s right yeah, yeah. and yet somehow is still so relevant. <laughs> huh,
1: weird. It's almost like everything is a circle. But I, I <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was just really good. And I think it, was, it would have been really easy to turn the, the little boy who's kind of a villain in it, kind of. I think it would have been really easy to just make him a total prick asshole. And it would have been warranted because so many people make these decisions and they're awful people. They're just, you're just a bad person if you make this decision. You just are but this kid hasn't been given the chance to not make that decision and they show that mm-hmm. and he kind of kind of, you know, kind of gets better toward the end. We have sympathy for him.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I
1: hate having sympathy for him, but I also understand it.
0: <laughs> but we also see him against say his uncle who you have right. no sympathy for. You see the exactly.
1: difference. Exactly. And that's what I mean yeah. by like he does he hasn't had an option to not make that decision.
3: Right. And and, and you you see where this this mentality comes from yeah
1: oh yeah definitely
0: all right now my turn heist or how to steal a planet this is a (laughs) vault book uh the title alone which you are all giggling at is what sold me on this book in the first place it is exactly what it says on the tin but it is executed so so well uh the short version is there's this guy who accidentally helped a corporation seize control of an entire planet And he is doing his damnedest to fuck over that corporation because they are terrible and get the planet back, partly because it's the right thing to do and mostly because he's tired of everyone hating him. Uh, He gets together a team. They are all just the worst in different ways. And he has to trust them and knows he shouldn't. And one of the things this book does that I think the reason it's on my honor roll mentions list is it sticks the landing so incredibly well. Um you kind of know the beats the book will take, but it always finds the interesting version of those beats. It's supporting cast. Uh one character in particular, and I'm not going to say who cuz spoilers. Its supporting cast is so clever and so likable despite being untrustworthy. And like everyone kind of gets theirs and gets what they deserve in the most satisfying ways. Suicide Squad, I'm not going to talk at length about because we will talk about it more later. Uh, but the fact that this is only an honorable honorable mention for me, again, this year was wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Something is Killing the Children did uh-huh. it. That this is only an honorable mention, wild. And we'll talk about more in a few minutes. So wild. All right. Anything before we jump into our number 10 picks? I will note, as usual, Jen's list is not rated. <laughs> Wait, it, it's Jen's that. list. <laughs> That's... Some things
1: never change. <laughs> yes.
0: As is our tradition, Jin's list is unranked.
1: Therefore, making it very hard for Alex to do his math.
0: No, actually. I have I have worked your lack of rankings into the equation and it all balances still.
3: Actually, in some ways it makes it easier because then he can choose the order that he wants them to be. <laughs> there you go. Well,
0: here is how I've done that this year. Jin. where you have named something on someone else's list, I have slotted you in the same place where someone else is talking about that book.
1: Yeah, I like it. So...
0: We're talking about things together for the most part. Ah, oh, I nice. like it. It's really cool. Yeah. Which brings me to Folklords, which is <gasps> oh Meg's gosh. number 10 pick and Jin's number 5.5 <laughs> 5 pick.
4: Fair. You want to start or you want me no, to start? No, you, you go ahead. Yeah. I don't think I understand this book, but I really enjoyed it. I'm going to just phrase it that way.
1: I, hope I will I gets agree. More? Yes. Oh my God. I need more. I need more so bad.
4: Like what I really like is at the end of each issue, um, the map increases. And I feel like it's like a snippet of the story. I mean, obviously at the end of the first or at the end of the volume, it's very clearly just snippets, but there are storylines that I'm like, no, 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 I need more.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: This book feels it feels so much like an indie video game.
4: Yes. And I love it. I love the idea of Turning a certain age, and you have to go on a quest.
1: Yeah. Uh. Well, I mean, we kind of do that. This is true. <laughs> you turn eighteen, like... go off to college, and be a human <laughs> being for the first time in the world. See, I was and thinking some Mormons... of you will return home.
3: <laughs> some of you will <laughs> well, fail your so quest.
0: <laughs> All of you will learn that society has lied to you for your entire childhood about how the world works. <laughs> You're not
4: strange. wrong. I guess there are also forbidden paths in in IRL life too. Um. Just like there are in this, like, yeah. if you choose to figure out the truth about the Folklords, you might die. They might just kill you in front of everybody. Yeah. Or declare it a year with no quests.
0: So, <laughs> oh, that's know.
1: 2020. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, it is. Oh, my God. Shit.
0: 2020's quest line is get out alive.
1: Yeah. Almost there. 12 more days. We got this. We got this. You got this. If you're listening, you got this. You
0: do. Yeah. You can
3: do it wonder twins brian oh well first of all my contractually obligated mark russell book (laughs) yes
0: and we actually will talk about this a little bit more uh later on too but if you want to hit high notes
3: oh yeah so mark russell uh stephanie byrne and mike norton were artists on this and like we've talked you know we've done an interview with Mark Russell on this on this show we've talked about many many of his books and this is just a absolutely wonderful example of just how great he does satire and and commentary uh and it, it's it's wonderful
1: I don't know how I forgot to put this on my list
3: I don't either, <laughs> I'm, um, I don't either. Mm, I'm upset <laughs> you, I don't either Jump in Jen, jump in
0: <laughs> You were foiled by my enemy this year recency bias
1: yeah, yeah, That's exactly that's it.
0: <laughs> um, it's also the rare mini series that because it was announced as six issues and then extended, yeah, has qualified twice. Yeah. Yep. Sarah and the Royal Stars is my number ten pick. This is another Vault series, written by John Suey, uh art by Audrey Mock, colors by Raul Angulo, and letters by Jim Campbell. This is just some really great fantasy world building and character building. Um, It is set in sort of a Persia-inspired fantasy world that is centered around this kingdom where the women through the family line start having visions and going on this quest and never come back. And Sarah starts having the same visions that her mother had and goes out and finds the living embodiments of stars, of constellations. Uh, living in the world, and it is up to her basically to save the world. Uh, things that I think separate it uh, from from some other fantasy, you know, high fantasy style stories is it's very bright. The world is very, very colorful, very lived in uh, without being run down. The magical, mythical beings are basically just other people who are on this journey with sarah uh she gets a chance to find family members and reunite with family members uh in very satisfying ways while also sort of building this found family of these again basically mythical beings who need her as much as she needs them um it's just great world building and storytelling and very different i think than anything that's out there or a lot of things that are out there it's high stakes without feeling like constant impending doom who published it vault okay
3: yeah which do we have a count of how many vault books are on your list (laughs)
1: um
3: (laughs) (laughs) actually that's the only one in the top 10 okay uh, uh, and i've got the one honorable mention. okay all right Mm. yeah
1: but we could have easily done a vault top 10. Yeah, that is a
3: doable thing, yes.
0: Well, there, and there's one vault book that would have been on the list, but its last issue got bumped to 2021 because right. of delays. So, oh, no. more next year. On to the round of nine. Brian. Was this a surprise for you to see this? That you included this? Yeah. In that, I forget that it exists? No, or yes, because I haven't read it yet, despite how okay. many times you and Jin have told me to. but upon seeing it and remembering that it exists no okay
1: before you said remembering it exists i thought you were gonna say immortal hulk because i haven't heard brian talk about immortal hulk in a year
3: (laughs) because brian stays two issues behind on immortal hulk for reasons brian
0: actively forces me to summarize every issue in one sentence by myself (laughs)
3: it's like oh wait no that'll catch me up i can't read that one this weekend Uh no, my number nine is Reaver. Yes, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, this is Justin Jordan. Uh, art is uh Nico Einrichen on this on this latest arc, and Rebecca Isaacs was the was the first arc of this. Um, this book is just insanely good. Um, we don't talk about it a lot, but specifically this arc focuses on on the two characters that that I probably enjoy the most the, the you know the crazy cannibal girl and uh and essen breaker the big old like kind of moody stoic fighter guy right um god it's just incredibly good um if you want fantasy that is i would call it middle fantasy it's it's not quite low fantasy but it's definitely not high fantasy either um i I'm, Shut up. <laughs> I see you smirk and jam laughing at my wording.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm imagining like litmus paper like
3: it's the pH kind that balanced, actually okay?
0: Exactly. Like fantasy little p capital
3: h fantasy test
0: strips. <laughs> <laughs>
3: This is like a, this is like a a six. It's a little bit towards low fantasy, but not quite. Anyway, uh, but uh, yeah. Low fantasy. (laughs) What is, uh, Conan the Barbarian is low fantasy. Okay, thank you. Yeah, (laughs) Just like,
4: I don't understand these, these.
3: Tarzan uh, the Smooth Boy is low fantasy. There you go. I gotcha now. Real
1: low fantasy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Cannot recommend enough going out and and picking this up and trying it out. Insanely good.
0: My number nine pick, Miles Morales Spider-Man. Uh this is Saladin Ahmed's run continued. Uh, Jin is nodding. I know this was one she was considering for her list too, because I saw the short list.
1: Yep. The short list of 30 books. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Art is anchored by Javier Garone and Carmen Carnero, uh, with several other artists coming in. Uh colorist is David Curiel and letterer is Corey Pettit. This is kind of exactly the Miles book I needed and wanted after uh uh brian bindis moved from marvel to dc Saladin ahmed writes teenagers so 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 well which i'm sure is partly because he has twins who he raises and is around all the time and hears actual kids speak but he spins most of this year's issues of this arc building out miles and his family and his relation to family and really grounding it in those relationships and then using those as a way to answer the big questions that were left after Secret Wars about how did Miles come from the ultimate universe here? Why do some people remember some things and not others? Uh, who is Earth 616's Miles Morales and how does he fit into all of this? That we we kind of saw beginnings to those answers and been a Spider-Man to Spider-Man too. Like all these big ideas and the effects of outlawed. And keeps them so grounded and personal. It's just great, Miles Morales. If you've if you've watched Into the Spider-Verse, if you've played the PS5 game, you need to be reading this book. Once again, uh <laughs> Jin and Meg have the same pick here. Meg's number nine pick and Jin's number
3: five point five pick. Basket full of heads. Oh, Man, I struggled not putting this on my list.
4: It's so good. Yeah, it
3: really, it really is. is.
4: I just, I love the whole horror concept, and I haven't read a ton of these in this, um...
0: Hill House? M-
4: yeah, imprint, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones that I have read all have really strong female characters, mm-hmm. and that is still strangely, like, a trope we're trying to turn over in horror, so I think that's why this one's still stuck with me so long.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I liked about this was it—it it, it wasn't heavy. Like there wasn't this constant, like you know, uh, uh, th- what I think of is like you know, saw where it's like constant tension the whole time and all of this. Like it, there were times when it when it opened up and breathed a lot. And it, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And even in the tense moments, it has a sense of humor. Yep, exactly. definitely.
1: Yeah. And this was the most. Stephen King, that I think that Joe Hill has ever been.
0: Agreed. <laughs> That's fair.
1: But I will always stand by my guns and say that Joe Hill knows how to write an ending. <clears throat>
2: this
3: is
1: true.
3: Seconded. Thirded. Are you motion carriers? Are you implying something with that statement,
1: Jim? Uh, no, I'm outright saying poor, poor Stephen King. He
3: yeah
4: yeah he
1: has an issue with endings. And I do like Joe Hill's shorter stuff.
4: I I'm not as big of a fan of his longer stuff. Um, but like. I don't know. I like him concise and and quick and to the point. I have a collection of his short stories that I need to finish. So, indeed. So very, good. That's very good. excited that more Lock and Key is coming out too. I need to catch up on it, but yeah. Ugh.
0: Yeah, they just announced seasons 2 and 3 of the show. Yeah. Yes. yes. I can't wait. I can't wait <laughs> for our, my life to be over. Wait, what? Isn't that a song from a 90s I teen don't want to wait. Oh, oh, Dawson's I did Creek. Not Got it. Watch yeah. a lot of 90s teen dramas? Shocking. I watched everyone. the one f- book out of Dawson's Creek. Of Actually, course that is you a little did.
4: surprising. You love Riverdale as much as I do, so you would think 90s teen stuff would be up your alley in a way? For real.
0: I think this is just an even more confusing and damning commentary on my sensibilities.
3: <laughs> <But> <laughs> okay. I
0: have a little to no interest in 90s teen dramas, but still love
3: Riverdale I as literally thought that. That people your age like watching Dawson's Creek was a requirement to get into theater. No,
0: I was busy watching <laughs> no. Get Smart and what? Adam West Batman just just for that drama type. Yeah,
4: Alex, why were you born a seventy year old
0: man? Like, <laughs> what? I've never made it a secret that I am Benjamin Buttoning through life. I,
1: this is very true, Alex. You should go back and watch The OC. I'll watch it with you until oh. so I finish it
0: we can
3: we can start a podcast i'm like oh
4: no i'm starting one on supernatural i can't
3: (laughs) oh good lord i'm the good news is you got years of content there oh
4: yeah six and a half years
3: (laughs) wow so this is an appropriate
0: place for us to take a quick intermission um (laughs) as is our standard practice i asked everyone hey give me your favorite single issues or one shots from this year i'm I was to say gonna say this is a any, short intermission i'm gonna talk about
3: them anyway <laughs> well i i, include, I have one if you need yeah i i told that i included mine in my, that's kind of what my honorable mentions ended up being. yeah yeah
0: um i also know that others on the call will have things to add to each of these yeah. so i don't mind mentioning them here suicide squad number seven is my first one this is the introduction of live shot um uh, Which I think is, if you could take this whole run and sort of encapsulate it in an issue, the relationship between uh, uh, Floyd and Zoe. Zoe's wanting to be like him, but better, and his wanting her to be better. The way that the revolutionaries have sort of become a team with at least the remaining members of the Suicide Squad at this point, and think of them as friends, even if... I mean, that line in this issue still gets me the sort of he doesn't think he has friends, but he's wrong. Yeah. As they save Zoe.
3: Yep. Um, yep. By the way, if you have this issue, hold on to it. Because at some point, Live Shot is going to be a thing and this will be the first appearance. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Also, just Suicide Squad's such a good book. And, mm,
3: yeah, I think so too.
0: All right. Round of eight. Brian.
3: Yeah. Hit me with that young justice. Oh, man. So, uh, first of all, the. the the writer in comics with the undisputably the best name, Brian B. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> but the B now. stands for biased in this Brian B. <laughs> uh, it's Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, and then the, the last uh, part of this, David Walker also uh, co-wrote uh, art was um, mostly it was John Timms, uh, Michael Avon uh, Oming and Scott uh, Godlewski. Uh, but uh, this was just a really good, like, I, it may have been the best, well, I, I no, not may have been, this was the best DC team book this year. Um, Agreed. Yeah. I will co-sign that. How they brought them back together was, was well done. Um, the kind of some of the explanations for where people went. Um, how they allowed it to kind of organically tie into the larger DC universe was well done. I thought, like, yes. just everything about and surrounding this this book was so so good, and it was just fun. Uh, I, I, Jenny Hex, it may have may be my favorite character this year.
0: Which, if we actually were recording this episode on the last day of this year, yeah. The Jenny Hex one shot would be something we'd be talking about, no question. Almost certainly. Uh, yeah. That comes out on December twenty-ninth. Yeah. So uh this is your reminder to read it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Meg. Yes. Your number eight pick, which we'll also be talking about again a little later in the show, is the Lolo Woods.
4: Yeah, again, another of the Hill and Print series. Um <laughs> I I don't even know where to start with this one again. Like um, we talked about it a good bit in the spooktacular and it's just a weird form of horror that I feel like everybody should experience. I I'm listening to a podcast that reminded me that Suspiria existed, like was a movie that came out a couple of years ago that feels like both of them came out back in the 70s. And I feel like it's a similar vibe. I don't know. Just like (laughs) women. (laughs) creating horror it's great
3: so uh based on that i'm guessing this is low horror
4: (laughs) (sighs) sure sure there is some there is some low magic in it we'll go with that Uh, yeah but i I just i like worlds that seem very much like the real world and then you're like wait wait did she just talk about how every town has like a witch (laughs) like an actual witch not like Like, someone who, like, can bring back the dead kind of witch?
3: Yeah. So, like, real world adjacent, right?
4: Yes. Yeah. Or where it's like, yeah, we all kind of know that there are, like, actual monsters in the woods. Like, we just (laughs) don't talk
1: about it.
0: What? Women lose time, and that's a normal fact of our town, which is literally, by the way, always on fire.
1: Always on fire. Which, again, I am amazed is a real thing.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I just, this is such a good book if you have a lot of rage that you just kind of want to direct into a book i think this helps actually it might make your rage a little bit worse
0: <laughs> it depends on what that rage you... is yeah that's true
4: but yeah i just i i think this is a just it's an amazing
0: book my number eight pick is farmhand returning mm. from my list last year um if anything this one may be a little low because of recency bias like the first arc of this ended much, or the third arc of this ended much earlier this year, and it did such a great job of giving us answers and history about what's going on and explaining things, but still leaving enough mystery to to leave questions and It pushes Zeke its main character into a place where he could easily become his like become a villain in his own sort of story um I, I don't think that necessarily is what will happen, but it leaves him in a place where sort of he could go anywhere and do anything. Um, it's the third arc out of five, so it's a lot of, all right, time to just kind of break everything and see how the pieces come back together.
4: So they do have an end point in mind. That's good to know.
0: Yeah, this was always written as a, I think, 25-issue series. Cool. It's Rob Galori writing and drawing, the colorist is Taylor Wells, and the letterer is Cody Chamberlain. Uh, this is absolutely one of my favorite books, just hands down. I always get excited when a new arc gets solicited.
3: This this is one of those books that you had us read the first the first trade for, and yeah. at some point I will. It, it is on my list of things that probably once it's done, I will have to go back and read the whole
0: thing. Yeah. This, as a reminder, if you haven't heard last year's episode, or just it's been a minute since we've talked about it, because. Yeah publishing schedules have been weird this year. This is about a man named Zeke uh who moves back to his hometown where his father is a farmer who grows replacement body parts, literally harvests organs, and the organs start transforming people, flowers sprout off of them, and they kind of become not quite zombies, they have more faculty mm-hmm. than that. But they, they become sort of hive-minded and driven by urges that are not their own.
3: Just got to call horticulture and they'll be fine.
0: Gin. <laughs> Me. Our last number eight, Afterlift. Well, 5.5. 5.
1: Yeah. Afterlift. <laughs> uh, this is Chip Starsky in his Comicsology original book. Uh, and it's, it's about death <laughs> and accepting death. And it's beautiful, and funny, and weird, and kind of sexy, and well, um, okay. You said Chip Zdarsky. I, I'm ju- yeah, I was about to say I'm just I'm just describing Chip now. Yeah, um, That's very true. <laughs> Chip, please don't listen to this. Anyway, Chip, uh, please
0: do. <laughs> Chip, if you're listening now, it's too late. Keep going.
1: <laughs> There's always a chance, okay? But I I don't know. I just really loved this book, and I really loved the. The positive light that it showed death in. Cool. And just added it to my comicsology. Thank you it's, very much. It's so good.
0: If I had read one more book, it would have been this one. But I had Ugh. to
3: stop because there was
0: already too much chip on my short list. That's fair.
3: And you, you no didn't such thing. have a, You didn't want to have a chip on your shoulder? Totally.
4: We all already do. Mm-hmm. Like I already know at least one book of his that's going to be on my list for next year.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Adventure
0: Man. This is Brian and Meg both in their number 7 pick. All right. Very nice. Good good positioning, Meg. I like
4: it. <laughs> you yeah. as well. You as well. Yeah.
0: Hey, I appreciate it cuz it makes my job so much easier when people put the same books in the same spot.
3: <laughs> yeah, so this is Matt Fraction uh, writing a new brand new series. Um Terry Dodson is is doing art. Um this is this is such a breath of fresh air for a like superhero type comic, but not exactly superhero. Well it's so pulpy. Yeah. Yes.
4: Yeah. Which is why I love it.
3: Very much so. Um I love the whole not only is it like a mystery in that, you know, it's like a like a pulpy mystery would be, but there's kind of a mystery about exactly how the protagonist fits in with this whole story, right? Um just incredibly good. Not to mention the protagonist is just a wonderful, wonderful character. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah.
4: Such a big crush. <laughs>
3: like, there you go.
0: She's so
4: gorgeous. Not surprised
0: by this. <laughs> nope, this is one of the books that I like really needled Meg to get yeah. to before we recorded. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> Alex was like, you should get this book like two weeks ago. And it's like, okay, cool. And then this week he's like, get it. And then he's like, but it's only in hardback. And I was like, "Alex, I'm not, I'm not. not." And so I got it on Comixology. I will get an actual physical copy of it because I want to see this art. Like, it's gorgeous.
0: Yeah. My copy of the hardcover (laughs) came in. Yes. I knew it was oversized, so I figured it was going to be like one of those 12-issue Marvel. (laughs) It is Marvel Treasury edition size. And as much as I
3: love the Dodson's art, I am not complaining. No, 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 yeah, that's
0: very true.
3: The other thing I think this does really, really well is how it handles the supporting cast. Um mm-hmm. it would be super easy for like for her son to be a, an an annoying character in some books. He's so good though. I know, I know. And I like how they created this diverse cast in her family very mm-hmm. organically, like by how they explain, you know, how this family came together so so good so good
4: yeah i i like it i like the whole uh they have to get together for friday dinner yep um mm-hmm. and they have to like if you're quiet you're going to get called out like you need to participate like family is very very important to the story and also on top of all that um Weird shit happens, and they don't, like, try to tell her that she's crazy or that it's all in her head or anything like that. They're like, okay, we're going to get you help because, like, your clothes are tattered and you're all, like, yeah. cut up. But, um,
3: yeah, like, I keep and talking. suddenly what? a foot taller. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, okay, so how do we deal with this? Like, is there a exactly, response? yeah. Yeah, damn, that's good.
0: <laughs> Jin. Me again. Ooh. You again. Every round comes back around <laughs> to you. And yet we're always shocked. Tell me about Hawkeye Freefall.
1: Oh, mm. y'all, this book, though, <laughs> this book, Hawkeye is a mess. He's just a mess. Every part of him is a mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And this showcases that so perfectly. So perfectly. Yeah. And every bit of it was just fun. It was just fun and occasionally sad and weird and just fun. Okay.
0: I love the number of ways that Matthew Rosenberg makes—I almost said Chip Zdarsky—makes <laughs> well Clinton huh? Barton his own worst enemy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Which like
3: the number of literal ways on the page. Like yeah. it, in some ways, it is the best example of that we may have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I really feel like this is the actual <laughs> successor to Matt Fraction's Hawkeye.
0: I think that's valid. Like. The Kelly Thompson run is very much a follow-up to the Kate piece of that. Yeah. And this is the follow-up to the Clint. Yeah. Side. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, if you have not gone on the internet and seen all the pictures of Clint and Kate and Pizza Dog from I shooting love it the TV so show. Much. Oh. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it like heals my heart a little bit every time I see one of those.
0: Yeah. Daredevil. <laughs> uh this is why I had Chips Darsky on the brain. <laughs> We will talk about this more later, Um, so I'm going to take this opportunity to pivot into my second pick for favorite one-shots of the year, which is probably my favorite single issue of anything this year, Mm -hmm. and that is the Daredevil Annual. Oh, yeah. This book, and I know we try not to get too hard into spoilers on our, our top 10 episodes, there's not a way to talk about this issue without spoilers. So I'm going to keep this as quick as possible, jump forward like a minute. Um the joke that I always make about someone needs to just make Mike Murdoch a real person, <laughs> Chip not only has made good on, but has made like so sad and so full of 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 emotion. And Mike is awful, but you understand why he's awful. Yeah. And as part of our, the run as a whole, like, he becomes this necessary piece of the puzzle to keep the story going.
3: Yeah, like, from a from a character study and, like, motivation standpoint, like, everything you need is in this.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's a clever solution. It's a mm-hmm. great issue. Uh, art team on here is Manuel Garcia, Laboe Underwood, and Chris Mooneyham. Colorist is Rochelle Rosenberg. Letterer is Clayton Cowles. Uh, and it's just like, I'd say one of the all-time great issues of comics.
4: I mean, you talking about this is what sold Tim and I to start Daredevil. So
0: I yes. can't disagree with you, Alex.
1: <laughs> it's so good.
0: All right, uh, round six. Woo-hoo. I will go first this time. Bitterroot, it's back. It is bigger and better than ever. Uh, we see everything that's been going on in Harlem. Sort of spill up and down the East Coast, so this is a book set during the Harlem Renaissance about a family of demon hunters. Its main cast is all black uh and this is another one of those books we mentioned earlier that really fill feel, feels clued into just the world now,
3: yeah, like appropriate right Would be yeah good. yeah
0: the the demons they fight are based in trauma and based in hate, and the thing the main characters realize they have to do in. The arc that ended this year is to ever get ahead of these demons start separating trauma from hate Mm. um the 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 demons we see in the first arc are very much demons that are are a metaphor for racism and the demons we see in this arc are more are more trauma-based and can come from anyone uh, and sort of overtake anyone. It's just some great storytelling. Uh the 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 creative team is David F Walker, Chuck Brown and Sanford Green. Sanford Green and Rico rinzi are artists, or sorry, are colorists and Clayton Cowles is the letterer. And it's a gorgeous book. I love Green's art style and Green and Rinzey's colors. It's it's this is another one that like this arc wrapped up earlier in this year otherwise it might have been a little higher. Um, but it's just a fantastic read. I cannot recommend it enough. And it's another one of those comics with a TV show option that I really hope becomes reality because I think it would be great.
4: This is one fingers crossed. I will hopefully get a caught up on like I own all of it, yeah. like farmhands. I own all of farmhands,
0: mm-hmm. but
4: you know, reading in 2020 is a thing and <laughs> yeah. it's not an easy thing. Mm-mm. But I am yeah. very excited because all of this is up my alley.
0: Yeah, like, I I, I I, could keep going and get into things like the design and the period costume and the sort of steampunk weapon designs, but we'd be here too long and need to move on. <laughs> so just go read it. It's good. Uh, Hey, Meg. Yes. The hardest pivot I think I've ever done on this show. Tell me about Sex Criminals.
4: Okay. Hey. Sex Criminals is done. I haven't read the one shot yet. I did save that. Um. Sex Criminals is, I think, one of the first comics that I got into. So it was a little bittersweet to finally wrap it all up. Um, If you don't know anything about Sex Criminals, it is essentially these people who, when they orgasm, they stop time. And they decide that because they can do that, why not rob some banks? And it sounds really light and fun. And then suddenly it takes this, like, really great journey through mental health and battling um mental health issues while it being in relationships and they took a long break between the last trade and this trade and i had no idea where it was going to go and so some of these issues are really sad and really hard to read they still have jokes but they're still like Alex got some yelling while I was reading, and that still wasn't even a fraction of the yelling that I did.
0: Alex expected the yelling and was frankly (laughs) surprised by how little yelling That's how much of reading
4: I needed to get done. Um, I have very, very mixed feelings on the ending. I'm not going to ruin it um, for anybody, um, but I am so down to have a very long conversation with anybody once you finish this on my thoughts. Overall, loved it very very like happy with this but um i think that that's a good sign of like if you have an ending that can be debated cool good job
0: yeah you have an ending that makes you want to call your therapist good job (laughs) i don't see my
4: therapist for two weeks i don't need to be reading comics that makes me want to call my therapist
0: just text your therapist so uh have you read sex criminals
4: (laughs) but i do enjoy the fact that uh one of the things i love about sex criminals is um the background stuff um yes oh my gosh and the first issue is like, it's like in a library with all these books there's some you know great stores and stuff like that um and i it's like one of those comics that i want to take pictures and and send you know panels to people and things like that and and it was really nice to I, it's going to say this is going to sound weird it was really nice to have that urge again cuz i don't have it with most comics but i'm just like this is funny and i want to share it and then i have to be like this is not going to be funny to someone who has not read Six Criminals. <laughs> so, just put your penis away. That's all I gotta say.
0: The more you know. <laughs> also, good advice if you are CD Project Red. Mm. Uh, remember, we recorded this episode like a week and a half before it released. That was timely then. <laughs> uh, who do I want to call on next? Uh, Brian. Yes, sir. Suicide
3: Squad. Yeah, you knew this was coming up for me. I um... did. I'm going to jump
0: on this train, too.
3: (laughs) So, uh, this is Tom Taylor, uh, and the artists on this were uh, Bruno Redondo and Daniel Sampier. Um, This was, I think I've said before, this is probably my favorite Suicide Squad ever. Um, Mm -hmm. Suicide Squad, I, I have enjoyed before, but there's always been there's always just been that part of it that just felt a little bit wrong and i know, i know in some cases that was the point of it right um you know like you're you're never sure who the bad guy is is it is it waller controlling them or is it them right um this being essentially like the end of the suicide squad is essentially what this run is um let it do some things that that have were never, I don't think, possible before. Yeah, Um, I
0: think that's definitely true.
3: Yeah. Like, we see some change, some, uh, I mean, I was going to say some major changes to some characters. Clearly, Lawton is one of them, right? And he is one of those characters that I think has always suffered from kind of being tied in place. Yeah. And that his motivation was always that he wanted to do this so he could get free and, you know, be with his daughter, and you know, show her that you know she can have a better life than what he had, and all the. But because he was Deadshot and was a comic book character, he was stuck not ever being able to fulfill that, right? And this took away that restraint, yeah. and clearly, it's really good that you know that story, as you mentioned earlier, it's super, super good. I think in some ways it did the same thing for Harley. Like the fact that Suicide Squad is ending has freed that character to become something more than she was tied into being. Right.
0: Yeah. And like we, we at this point know some of what's coming up in March. And that's 100% sort of the MO for the Harley Quinn book going forward is moving her into this new place that. Yeah. It ties into I think what we've seen her do more in Batman. And, and
3: we and we see that in I was gonna say we see that in Batman specifically this week yeah. even. Yeah. Um but and, and in addition to that, in addition to that freeing of some of the traditional characters, we get this whole introduction of the revolutionaries, which is an absolutely fantastic team.
0: Wink and Airy forever.
3: Absolute Wink may be my favorite new character, period. Like in any book. Just yeah. her attitude and I mean, like her her willingness to go, oh yeah, I can teleport. Okay, I'll just blink inside the Batmobile and steal it. Like, why not? <laughs> like by itself. That that did it. Um yeah. Fantastic book. The courage to do what they did with Deadshot and like everything about it. Thank you, Tom, for this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: All right. Jen, uh one of the books that I have been like the most remiss in ever catching up on. Die.
1: Oh my god, Alex. Oh. Alex, oh my god.
0: I know. I know. Every time I see it on one of your lists, I'm like, I am bad. I'm bad at comics.
1: <laughs> um so th- this book just continues to be depressing and gorgeous. Um it's the best D&D romp if you hate yourself yeah (laughs) (laughs) if you just want to play a character who gets fucking shit on this is your game i did
0: basically play clinton barton in my last game yeah so
1: but but it's less funny (laughs) it's less funny than that it's more it's more very much in the ouchies (laughs) (laughs) um but it's just so good and it's just so pretty and if you want just a fucking gorgeous book this
3: is it. Yeah, isn't it, Stephanie Hans? God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah! Insane. Mm-hmm. How many it's
4: volumes so of beautiful. this are out now?
0: Three. Yeah. Yeah. Three just Three. came out this week. Yeah.
4: Okay, because I knew I had one, and I knew I'd seen one recently. I was like ah, that is one that is
1: on my list to catch up on, but yeah, so far behind. Yep. Yeah. This book. Bu- this book focuses on two things, and that is world building and trauma building. <laughs> um. So <laughs> this those is... are
3: your thing. <laughs> In equal measures, it, I yes. Would
0: say. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> In my head, I was flipping a coin, as you said, world building, and would the next thing be trauma or butts?
1: <laughs> it's trauma. This one doesn't really focus on butts as much, but there are some.
0: There are some. There are some really there's good a, ones. There's a Venn diagram for trauma, butts, and world building. The middle is sex criminals. Oh, I thought you
1: were going to say uh, the middle I, is me,
4: but yeah, I thought I thought you were going to say Jenna <laughs> too. But yeah, you're not wrong on sex criminals. Yeah, I actually after talking about sex criminals had a moment of i thought i took a screenshot of a butt to send to jenna and couldn't find it on my phone it's a tiktok that i sent you that's what it was oh
1: okay i haven't opened (laughs) it yet i saw it this morning i'm like i'll wait no totally fair (laughs) when you need a good butt take a look. nice
0: nice nice also also someday we have to play the die rpg
1: yes yes we do
0: gillan just put out the the
3: revised rule set 1.3
1: oh nice i'm down
3: so good it's an interesting uh it's an interesting rpg if you read it yeah moving on to the round of
0: five captain marvel uh gotta have some kelly thompson somewhere in here uh and this is some of my favorite kelly thompson of all time um i had to go back and look and see which arcs actually came out this year because again weird publishing schedule right Uh, We actually got the end of the last Avenger arc where we see her take down and then team up with the Avengers. Take down in air quotes. We got the Empire arc, which introduced L'Oreal who is still, I think the best possible addition to Carol's world. Uh, And we're currently in this arc that revisits the future. We saw in the Captain Marvel, the end one shot at the beginning of the year where captain marvel is having to help her group of like survivor superhero friends take on a character who at first glance is very obviously namor's son and whose mother we recently learned is uh just absolutely
3: terrifying yeah uh, that combination is like horrendous
0: uh but everything about this book is great uh art teams have been lee Garbett. Uh, and Corey Smith and Adriano De Benedetto for most of this year. Colorists have been Tamara Bonvillain and Antonio Fabella, and letterer is Clayton Cowles, who has lettered like half of my list. <laughs> it's just if you like Captain Marvel at all, you should be reading this run. And even if you don't, maybe try it, and it will change your mind.
4: I mean, it's Kelly Thompson. Yeah, even yeah. I've started Captain Marvel because it's Kelly Thompson.
3: <laughs> Kelly, K- Kelly Thompson. Yeah. Probably my, this is insane, probably my favorite writer this year, and yet I don't have one of her books. Same, I have the same thing. That's how insane this year has been. I was trying I, to yeah.
4: force her Sabrina book on, I was like, I can do it, I can do it, and Alex is like, <laughs> Megan, the last issue comes out in January, it was like, no, damn it, because I'm too behind on Captain Marvel and yeah, Black Widow doesn't end.
0: <sighs> right. Yeah, like, I think any of our, our short lists, you could have picked at random and still had a really solid list. Yeah, oh yeah. And, like, there's no way for each of us not to have to leave something off we love. Yep. Which is why we do the combined list at the end of the episode. <laughs> it is. Meg.
4: Oh no, that is a tone.
0: Gideon Falls. Okay, mm. so,
4: I am officially caught up on Gideon Falls. I caught up this morning. Nice. Because uh, I was sitting there and I was I was thinking... Uh, That because it ends next week. By the time this episode's released, it'll be done, right?
2: Right. Yeah. Yep.
4: And I was looking, and I was like, I think Volume Four ended in 2020, so I could technically get away with reading just Volume Four. I read Volume Four, and I was like, I have to read Volume Five (laughs) (laughs) because (laughs) Volume Four feels like the start of the end game. And I was like, How do we have so much left? Like, what could possibly happen? And without like, and also being worried that like they start Endgame and then something happens and it slows everything down. First of all, the the main character who wears a mask, love it. <laughs> in the year of our Lord twenty twenty, <laughs> great.
2: Um,
4: I think I finally understand why he wears a mask now. The smiling man is literally, I think, the thing I am most terrified of in this world, mm. and it, he. Has only gotten scarier. Um, oh, no. And it is. Yeah, This
3: is a book that, that I very consciously made a choice that it's going to have to finish before I read. That's fair. Because once I start, I'm not going to be able to. That's start. fair.
4: Because yeah. part of the thing, uh, I didn't yeah. catch up on this for The Spooktacular because I started for and was like, oh, I just really want to go back and reread one through three. And this time mm. around, I was like, no, I understand enough of what's going on. I can I can power through this because I'm so excited about next week's issue and just. I'm I'm ready to be done because I love this story. It's so fucking weird. The coloring yes. of this is one of my favorite things because the red is just so creepy and, like, the only saturated color no matter what Gideon Falls you're in. <laughs> and I'm just – things that seem so out there, I'm like, how do you wrap this up without losing any momentum? <clears throat> and I got to tell you, I think that it's just done so well. And I can't wait for you guys to catch up because I am so excited to talk about this and all the little things that I'm sure I've missed. So, yeah, I think I'm likely going to sit and reread all five before I read. Actually, I don't know. I am so excited about this last issue. And for most <laughs> comics that end, I don't like I there's I mean, I still haven't finished Wicked and Divine. Like, I, I don't want to acknowledge that they're over.
2: Meg! <laughs> <laughs> so it's
4: just like the fact that i'm so excited that this is this is coming to an end and i get answers and <sighs> bugs and the smiling man Oof. i'm ready i'm so ready
3: expect to see this on the spooktacular industry. yes i <laughs> yep. so
1: excited yeah. i will like
0: <sighs> yes
3: kill lock jen mm. this
0: is you
1: this is the most beautiful book i have ever ever seen ever it ever is. in my it life is gorgeous it's so pretty and the little robots and the big <laughs> robots are all so good, especially the fucking murder bot. It, it's just, it's just so good. It's just so, it's, it feels like a fantasy book, but somehow it's about robots
0: trying not to die. Robots trying to be better people. Well, some of them.
3: Yeah. Every time you talk about this book, I'm like, this is probably the book more than any other book that i a- that when you talk about it, I'm like, I really want to read this and still have it. Brian, you it. fucking need to. I don't, I don't to. know how. This is so I know, your jam. I know, I know it is.
0: Know Brian it and is. I live in this constant struggle of trying to stay caught up with our current books because our lists are too goddamn big.
1: <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah, no but kidding. this book is worth just, like, fucking off on another book. Yeah. <laughs> I promise. Find find the book that you are just the least into but you keep reading because, you know, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's your weekly book. You have to read it. Just oh, yeah. fuck off on that one and read Kill Lock one week.
0: <laughs>
3: All right.
1: It's so good.
0: This is good advice. It is. This it, is good it's advice. It's sound and true. All right, Brian. Yeah. Your second Tom Taylor book in a row. <laughs> it
3: is. Deceased Unkillables. And what's even more, uh, yeah, so it's Tom Taylor, and the art on this is uh, Carl Mustard. And what's super unusual is if we hadn't had... The last, you know, five six issues of Suicide Squad, then Deceased Unkillables would have been my favorite Suicide Squad book of the year. <laughs> 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 no surprise that they're both written by Tom Taylor. Um Not to mention the the other thing this has going for it is it's it's set in the in the Deceased universe, which we've talked about on many many episodes about how much we like it, and um. This, in spite of not being super huge zombie people, fan people. Yeah. Um, Which
0: Tom Taylor has said publicly he is not either. And I think yeah. that's so much of why this book works.
3: Um, this is, this really does focus on the criminal side of, uh, you know, what happened to the criminals during this whole, you know, fall of the world thing, right? Um, and Not to mention, we got Red Hood and, and Jim Gordon. And that storyline, which was absolutely exquisite. Um, this was I think where we learned that not that it wasn't kind of a fluke in what happened with the first deceased series. Yeah. Um, that this world really did have legs and that everything that's happening is it in it is is gonna be interesting. Um uh, you know we're gonna get the conclusion, and I'm sure it very likely will show up next year. But everything, this whole world, could be included in this. But Unkillables was probably my best example this year. Of, when
0: you say the conclusion, you mean of uh the current miniseries of the current run, yeah, yeah,
3: the current, yeah, the current miniseries itself. Um, but just absolutely fantastic. I they're super super fast reads um as digital releases they were uh kind of uh just easy easy to digest um and then the the art and the covers were if you pick up the print versions are i mean beautiful like i I just love holding them and leafing through them first without reading (laughs) and then going back and it's just amazing i love it love everything about it um and like I said, I, I, the only other thing I want to mention is it, it, I actually picked this and then came across Suicide Squad again, uh, going kind of going through my list, and I, I w- debated not putting both of them on here, um, but they're they're different examples, and it, I say they're different examples, but they're they're kind of the same and that's why I I struggled a little bit with it and what I talked about with Suicide Squad about not having that limitation of you know always having to keep Suicide Squad intact and therefore you were limited by what you could do yeah. this didn't have that and so for a time I thought it was going to be the best example of that so I thought it was going to be a better Suicide Squad than Suicide Squad and then we got the, you know these last 6 7 issues of Suicide Squad and I was like well shit Now he's done it again. (laughs) So yeah, just can't say enough. Super good. Everything.
0: All right. Another brief intermission for me to talk about a single issue, uh, which is starting to feel self-indulgent, but fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, do it. X-Men number seven. So I wanted to talk about this issue for a couple of reasons. One, it's legitimately, I think one of my favorite issues of the year. And the issue that I think I think back on the most while reading other X-Men books that have come out since, I know we've mentioned it several times since it came out on regular episodes of the podcast.
3: Quick reminder which issue this is.
0: So, uh, first off, it's written by Jonathan Hickman, artist is Lionel Francis Yu, colorist is Sunny Go, and letterer is, once again, Clayton Cowles. This is the issue... This issue introduces actually a couple of big concepts. The biggest one is probably the trial by combat that mutants who were depowered through various means, mostly the Scarlet Witch, uh, can use to stand against Apocalypse in combat. Uh, And so long as basically they never surrender to him, he will kill them so they can be revived by the five and have their mutant powers again. And that contest, that that ritual, which is really how the island treats it, is what everything else in this issue sort of hinges on. Uh it opens up with a conversation between Cyclops and Wolverine where you can tell they both have their own reservations and are handling it in different ways. Uh Wolverine takes an approach that's a little more I hate it, but We are part of something bigger, and I can't fight this without fighting Krakoa, and I'm not doing that. And Cyclops takes an approach that's more, but it's wrong, and I need to unpack that more myself. That leads him to go to Nightcrawler, and the rest of the issue kind of follows the two of them. And sort of the end idea of this issue, and this is something we haven't totally seen borne out yet, is Nightcrawler decides he needs to start a mutant religion. But a lot of ideas that are introduced in here we've seen echoed in other X books. We talked about uh, a specific line in, I think, the last issue of Ten of Swords that called back to this. I think at the same time, it's one of the most fruitful issues of the series, but also the best encapsulation of what Dawn of X and this whole era is. Like, if you needed to read one issue to understand sort of this line as a whole this is the one I would hand you. That's fair. And with that said, Brian. Yeah. Marauders.
3: Man. You know, I had to have Marauders on here. Like, yeah, okay. So this is, uh, Jerry, most, uh, all of these were exceptions during 10 of swords because the writers changed around, uh, issues and combined and, and, uh, uh, not combined, uh, collaborated. That's the word when yeah. you write together. Yeah. They <laughs> Voltron. They, com- <laughs> they combined it to, into into new people. In and yeah. R- you know. Uh, they they Voltron <laughs> to make ten of swords. Sure, sure that works. I mean, kind of. Maybe that's a mutant bower, and that's how it happened. I don't know.
0: <laughs> You're literally describing mutant circuits, but go <laughs> there you on. Go.
3: Uh, Jerry Duggan. Uh, the art on this was uh, Stefano Caselli and uh, Matteo Lali. Um. But this, I think, of all of the X books, just encapsulated the most what I loved about the whole Marvel X line now, um the whole the whole mutant line., uh, all of Krakoa, kind of you get the 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 whole picture of what it is Krakoa is standing for and trying to do. You get the, a lot in in this particular series about their relation to the rest of the world and how different parts of the world are responding to that in, you know, the Hellfire Club and where they have, you know, some nations that have recognized them as a nation state and are willing to deal with them and that kind of thing. And then you get other nations who are not, and so they have kind of the, the black market side of you know the Marauders that are that are dealing with the Hellfire Club, which is essentially what, if you, at its base, is what the Marauders are, and yet at the same time are pulling mutants out of those places and smuggling them back to Krakoa. So uh, it, that by itself would be enough, and yet on top of that we get Duggan giving us one hundred percent his type of sense of humor in. Uh, Emma and Kate and Sebastian Shaw and that whole line of relationships and interpersonal things going on and everything about it is just absolutely fantastic. Agreed.
1: Marauders just barely squeaked off my list. Just just Uh, barely.
3: Like, just Emma in this book by herself would just about put it on my list.
0: Yeah, like, Mm -hmm. Emma, Emma, I think, this is true of Kate too, but Emma, yeah. oh, I think, yeah. is maybe yeah, yeah. the character who has sort of shown the most in in Dawn of X.
3: Yep, I would not disagree with that. S
0: H O N E, not yeah, shown as in to <laughs> show.
3: <laughs> I mean, it's Emma, so she does that too. But
1: <laughs> That's that is yeah. true.
3: <laughs> you forget that Madeline Pryor has been in books. <laughs> I didn't say the most. Man. I just said she
0: does. <laughs>
1: I I would be uh, willing to do research to see which one has shown the most. <laughs> would you? I, yeah, I think I can sword. take this upon myself. God. Yeah. Wow,
3: that is that is such. Now, which of the ten of swords would you follow? Oh, to, to, oh, all, to?
1: all ten of them, <laughs> just to find that one out. Yep.
0: <laughs> well, there's only one appropriate segue from that. Second coming. Jane.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh more mark russell uh yeah it's it's an it's it's another book that we didn't know we needed in 2020 um
0: have you read the first issue of the follow-up series yet mm -hmm. that came out this week yep still so good not an accident (laughs) yep still so
1: good a lot of people tried to kill this yeah so hard and it's so funny Mm -hmm. because it's the people who really need to read this (laughs)
3: <laughs> One of the things I absolutely love doing with this book is reading some of the comments in the back. Oh. In so many of the people who who thought this was going to be like the worst thing that was ever written, yeah. and then actually read it, yeah, and were like, "Okay, this is not this is not at all what I thought it was going to be." I
1: just can't believe. Well, no, I can. not I can absolutely believe because they took the dick yeah, out of
3: sure. right.
1: Mm-hmm, yep. But anyway. I was gonna say I can't believe that DC let people who have never fucking read a comic before in their lives put the kibosh on such a great book, but I can. Um, yeah. It, I, I don't know. It, it, I don't <laughs> know. It's just so good. It's just Jesus is a boss. Um, he is the best, and that's These coming are words, out of by my the way, mouth Jin
0: has never uttered, before.
1: never <laughs> yeah. uttered before. Never, yeah. uh, as a four-year-old child, re or er, hearing in Sunday school everything that Jesus did, my the words that came out of my four-year-old mouth was, "Well, that doesn't seem like it happened." <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me to be a uh, loving a book about Jesus, and and the fact that it's so so biblical, so it is so keeping with Christianity.
3: <laughs> it's like, like so if wonderful. you. If... If you listen to and read who Jesus was and what, most importantly, what he represented, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is probably the most true to that as to how he would be in a modern setting. Yeah,
1: and you can be mad about the depiction of God all you want to, but then you need to go back and read that Bible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just saying, you need to go read it because that's kind of who he is in the Bible. I mean,
0: the act break is literally... I should be less than a dick. Less of a dick in the Bible.
1: Which, hey, um, Old Testament, New Testament, there's a break in there where he says, maybe I should be less of a dick.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. It's almost like Mark Russell uh, has read a Bible.
3: Weird. Almost that way. Or, you know, maybe, like, studied studied religion for a period of time. Published about? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly.
4: I started this one and then was like, I fucking love Mark Russell. There are a few people that I love as much as Mark Russell. This is too heavy for me at the moment.
1: I need.
4: Oh, sorry. You're good. No, you're good. What do you need?
1: No, no, no. I need you to finish your thought because that was rude.
4: (laughs) Fine. All I just was saying is like this. The only reason this isn't on my list is because I just didn't finish it because I was sitting there going. This is too heavy for me right now.
0: I forget if it's. A page or like a two page spread, but there is the most Mark Russell image in this book that is the food court in heaven oh, full yes. of defunct <laughs> fast food places. Yep.
2: It's so good.
0: All the Kenny fast food Rogers Roosters that,
3: went, that went to heaven. Yes.
1: Oh, yep. man. I, I need, and I know I'm, well, I'm pretty sure that we've said this before, but I need Mark Russell and Magdalene Visaggio to co write some sort of theological amazingness i don't care what it is just please write it for me and and i need it i need
0: it i need them to both be at dragon con so i can put them on a religion and comics
2: panel oh oh my god this Uh, is one of
0: my like bucket list moderator goals need it speaking of mark russell remember (laughs) how i said we would revisit wonder twins (laughs) yeah now is that time because it is Meg's number four pick.
1: A
4: Yeah, I uh, there are three Mark Russell books that I had lined up, and this was the lightest, I guess, or though the the kind of humor slash social commentary that didn't trigger major anxiety in
0: me. <laughs> this book about the inherent injustice of the American carceral
3: system. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's somehow the lightest of the yeah.
4: I mean, yeah. And um, I I, th- I know this book was on my list last year, and it's still just as great. And I think my absolute favorite thing about this is Batman and Superman's relationship in the background.
2: It, it <laughs> yeah. is
4: the lightest that I feel like of any Batman I've ever read, and it is the Batman that I like. Where it's like at one part they're fighting to save some refugees, um, and Superman's like, "Bitches, I am a refugee. What are you doing?" And then, like, they fight and win, and they're like, all right, well, we got a movie tonight. What time do you want to meet up? And I'm like, I just love it so much. And I just like this idea of, like, two teenagers kind of grounding and helping them realize that, like, they're a bit old school in a way. Um, and I also like learning more about the Wonder Twins background in this. Like, that was a great addition.
0: Yeah, like, mm-hmm. as as someone who's never been a Wonder Twins fan, this book single-handedly turned me around on them. Yes.
3: Yeah. Well, it, it's because I think of how he treats specifically Zan and Jaina in this, right? Mm-hmm. In that Zan isn't always the smartest guy, right? But like, there's things that he knows and is good at and smart about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it, 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 it's a much more realistic. Like even even people that you know you think are not the most together, like they have things that they're competent at and good at and. Yeah.
1: Like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> M but yeah. M dumb do good
3: cook. Yes. All, all of these characters are not single faceted. So yeah. yeah.
0: Yep. Zan. The original Himbo. <laughs> oh my god,
2: so much, and I love it. I love it. Uh,
1: love so it. Love uh, I, I need a Himbo mermaid Zan. Oh yes. Oh.
3: One might say a Merzan? Yes.
1: He is very That's a too Merzan. close to
0: Merkin. We need to we need to It should be <laughs> Okay. Um, my number four, and Jen and Brian's number three. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Superman's pal, Jimphony Olson.
3: Jimfony, I love yes. that. Jimphony, owner of the Daily Planet. Yes.
1: I will say though, Alex, I'm I'm gonna say that you're wrong. Um, and if there if there was a number one for me, it would be this book.
0: Okay, yes, it's in the number three slot. It's technically number 5.5 for Jin, but I'd already made right, that joke three times and wasn't gonna again.
3: <laughs> it, it is It is my number one book of 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 catchy title phrases, pages in, oh, in the entire... Oh,
1: you are not wrong. <laughs>
3: by
0: far. Yeah. So, we're gonna spend a minute on this book, I can imagine, because three of us are talking about it. Good. The thing that... So, part of my making my list was I really... Didn't want to put multiple books by the same, especially writer, but in general creators on my list. And the reason why this beat out, for instance, Adventure Man for Matt Fraction is just because the amount of planning and technical skill and execution to tell a 12 issue series over the course of an entire calendar year, like in actual release schedule in a way that is funny and coherent and without going back and rereading everything lets you see at least most of the connections and threads
3: and and with
0: the sense of humor that this has and the nods to like the entire history and especially like golden silver age history of jimphony Olson, mm-hmm. is just like master class level work.
3: Mm-hmm. Like, and I will add, and not in a time linear story.
2: Yeah.
0: Yes. My, I don't yeah. think that came out of my mouth in a clear way. Thank you. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like, every issue of this is at least three or four vignettes, none of which are told linearly relative to any other in any other issue. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like I totally got the, in the planning of this, the whole, jen's conspiracy yarn board wall of uh, <laughs> <laughs> matt fraction planning this out yes i
0: so they they elsa shorty does kickstarters for art books and there's always a bonus that is some or the first two there've always there have been bonuses that are like some kind of commentary edition of november the second one is matt fractions notes for november i am very excited but there is no amount of money in my bank account that I would not pay to see Matt Fraction's notes for this
3: book. I know.
1: I mean, it it would probably give me the most epic migraine to end all migraines and kill me, but I I would need to see it.
3: The other thing I want to point out, Steve Lieber did the art on this. Perfect. And Mm -hmm. it was possibly the most art appropriate for the story and book of anything this year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um colorist is nathan fairbairn letterer is you guessed it clayton cowles <laughs> um and yeah there's a very like simultaneously golden silver age and also timeless look to this book i think yeah yeah i think lieber is really good at that vibe and i think Fairburn sort of helps keep you grounded in looking
3: contemporary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It it looks like silver and golden age without being silver and golden age. yeah yeah. It, yeah it's cleaner yeah yeah but it, it, th- and of course the fraction humor in this alone is worth the purchase <laughs> price i mean
1: if you're not going to read it for anything else you have to read it for messing with batman
3: <laughs> oh
1: and dexter
3: and dexter yes yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Jane, you have you have named the two best things about this <laughs> <Dexstar>. yeah yeah <laughs> The fact that Dexter becomes Jimmy's pet cat. Oh, my God. I mean, come on. It is. Oh, I
1: I didn't know I needed it until it happened. And it was so perfect.
3: Yeah,
0: like, and just scope and scale, like Uh everything from Jimmy hiding because there's a hit put out to him to dealing with an army mad because he's engaged to an alien thief (laughs) and piloting a spaceship.
3: And his sister. I love I love his sister.
0: Janie. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would read if Fraction wanted to write write a Janie Olsen series, I would read that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Totally. All right. Meg. Yeah. Your number three, Something Is Killing the Children.
4: Oh. I'm kinda of surprised by my top five. I think it is just based on like what I had last read. Because uh, I Gideon Falls and Something Is Killing the Kids should be just much higher because these books are so fucking great. Um I am all caught well I'm all caught up. I finished volume 2 of Something is Killing the Children and I it's so good. I'm glad we're still in the same town. I was a little worried that this was going to be like each volume is a new town kind of thing. But yeah. this is definitely showing the repercussions of what happened in volume 1 and I love it so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean Erica Slaughter, beyond having just a perfect name, <laughs> is one of my favorite characters in comics. Oh
4: yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I made a note to, like, to set up a cosplay of that because I love everything about her. Yeah.
0: Tynan is selling. Uh, I know, Nakedators. I need to get one.
4: I need to get one. Um, I also love, so we learned that they're part of the Order of St. George. And I just started um a new D&D group with, that's we're doing Monster of the Week. Uh, That is definitely involving St. George's Church. And I was like, ha, this is fun. It's all interrelated. <laughs> the world is all about me. Um, but yeah, I. It's just. It's good, and I'm. The cliffhanger it ends on. It's great. I need to start catching up on the third. Maybe start actually reading this in single
0: issues. I don't know. Which uh, Which issue does the second trade end in? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, I
4: think it's just five
0: issues. I think it's ten. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, that is. I had thought while reading it, this is the end of the volume, and then I read the next issue. I'm like, I don't know how you stop after that. <laughs> like the next issue keeps going, and I
4: would just say someone dies at the end of ten. Yeah, but also, no, I,
0: I think I know which issue one. I
4: don't know is. if someone yeah. actually died, and two, that doesn't. I mean, that's a lot of issues. So
0: yeah, um, now this this was probably the book that it was hardest for me not to list higher than an honorable mention
1: yeah that's fair
0: um shout out to james tynan who had at least three books in my top 20
2: <laughs> mm.
0: yeah. um but who i just totally screwed over in my list <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> <laughs> I basically I banked on Meg or at least one of you listing it to make sure it made our final list and named it as an honorable mention just to help give it that little extra nudge in the math. Yeah. If it needed. Like
4: I remember how big the first issue of this was and it is still not disappointing.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, My number three, which I'm just basically going to name and move on. Cause we'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Ten of swords, Uh, big old X-Men crossover event more on that in a few last last intermission of our individual top tens this is the point of the show where everyone gets to pick an event to talk about i'm going to talk about wonder comics because i assumed brian was going to say give me those x books or jen was going to say give me those x books and no one named anything else so (laughs) it's the alex show (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry
3: uh well yeah the other one that i would talk about didn't actually get to finish so yeah
0: yeah uh (laughs) There are a handful of books that would have been in this conversation today if they didn't end on January 5th, 2021. There's a, there's a crap ton of books
3: in in next year's that are going to be like, well, shit, I don't know. We haven't looked at this since literally the first week of January. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But
4: I'm hoping a lot of those Um, are going to be, and they continued and still are just amazing. mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about Wonder Comics here. Uh. Yeah. One because there were a bunch of series that fell in this imprint. Yep. On my shortlists. Um we've talked about Wonder Twins, we've talked about Young Justice. This also catches Dial H, Dial which H. was incredible. Joe Kinnos's art in that is just next level. Uh Naomi, which actually I think wrapped in 2019, but they've announced a Naomi tv series in development uh with Ava DuVernay producing um they have announced that she is in the Justice League roster coming back in March um and part of the thing that that put this on my list was a tweet that Andy Corey who was kind of the editor for this line uh put out last week at least last week as we're recording was just how this line probably would not have had the long legs it did if Bendis had not staked so much of his own name in pushing it and bringing in creators and promoting it. Um, Like, Young Justice is, I think, the first teen superhero book that's actually read the way I've wanted one to, yeah. that hasn't felt about the drama as right. much as it does about the connectedness, the togetherness. Um, I feel like there's another book in this line that I am, I am missing. Oh, Amethyst. Amethyst Amethyst. wrapped up this week. Um, like everything in this line has been great. I know we're supposed to get more Naomi sometime in the future. Um, it's just, I think it was a much needed sort of shot of life into DC's line. Uh, in especially the corner that I think has struggled the most in the time I've been reading comics.
3: Yeah. Well, and I think one of the things that was super cool about it was it did that without pla- like so many times in the past, if a line like this came out, it would have been super easy for d c and Marvel does it sometimes too to separate it off into its own like universe, yeah, or continuity right um and they didn't they let it take place in main continuity without having to, and I mentioned this with, with uh, Young Justice, right? It very organically was able to tie in and fit in without like it being a crossover event.
0: Well, and if I had to guess, I think that's probably part of what Andy yep. Corey meant. I mean, not to speak for him. Yeah. But so much of the reason that that was able to happen was Bendis was writing Superman and Action Comics and was a big get and is a big name, and could take elements of this, and like there are issues of this that I almost feel like would need to be reprinted in action comics and vice versa, yeah, to really get the whole picture for for Connor, yep, um, I think that I mean this was the first place we started to get answers about the multiverse post rebirth, yep, um, I think it's easy to sort of say, okay, yeah, this was this was an imprint for teen books for 18 months, but I think it's more important than that. Um, so there we are. Anyone, yeah. anyone want to call an audible here? X-Men, uh, Empire. I was going to
3: say, I, I can mention Empire. Um, Empire was probably a, a the most traditional crossover event of the year. hmm Um, and, but at the same time, I think Marvel pulled it off fairly well. Uh, Agreed. You know, there's a lot of times where I don't necessarily feel that way, but I will, I will just say that um, the story was good. The tie-ins were not, you know, oppressive or uh, too convoluted and complicated. Um, and, you know, where that possibly could have been the case, they just put out one shots for it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, well done. And I think
0: the most important thing for me about Empire's execution is there are so many ideas that it has introduced that Mm -hmm. other things are already running with that it feels, without being an everything will change event, it feels like really fertile ground for pushing characters and teams in new directions.
3: Right. Like you get, you know, you get the, the two kids in Fantastic Four, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I know Guardians has been dealing with some of it. and yeah. Space
0: politics, which also spill over into, into Sword. Yep. 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 righty, Meg, yep. Nailbiter, Biter of Nails.
4: I'm so glad this is back, and I anticipate it'll probably not leave my list until it's done, because it, it could have come back and been terrible, like, you know, trying to, to live off the old success. And it's... Expanding and going in a good direction, and and I just can't wait to see. But honestly, this is on my list in part because the humor's still there, and there's just this one panel of them busting into the bar, <laughs> and uh, the nail biter wearing all of the SWAT gear, holding out his fingers like he's gonna shoot gun fingers, and that has lived rent free in my head. I think almost all of 2020,
2: um, <laughs> which
4: is exactly why this is this is so important. Um so yeah, if you haven't read Nailbiter, go read the first 6 volumes before you start this. You're you're not going to understand it otherwise.
0: Yeah. I I love this book. I am co-signing everything Meg just said. <laughs> Daredevil. I mentioned we would come back to this one when I named it earlier, but this is also Brian's number 2 and shockingly Jin's number
3: 5.5. <laughs>
1: <laughs> weird. <laughs> so weird.
3: Yeah. yeah, Chip Zdarsky. Uh I want to mention the art team uh, in this, which was uh, Marco uh, Ciccetto, uh, Jorge Fornes, and Francesco Mobili, um, uh,
0: and Victor Olazaba. Yes. Yeah,
3: yeah, right. Uh, um, Mike
0: Hawthorne, JP Meyer. <laughs> so yeah, there were so uh, Like, like,
3: like any ongoing book, you know, right. there were various, but those, those were the, you know, the kind of the the mainstays through yeah. this. Uh, um,
0: colorists this year were Mattia Iannocco. Nolan Woodard, Marcio Menez, and again on the annual Rochelle Rosenberg, who lettered it. Someone want to guess who lettered it? <laughs> Your new crush. Clayton Cows. Clayton Cowles. Yeah. I'm
1: pretty sure that most of the letters were Clayton Cows or a date you bit a car this year. So
0: they're definitely two of the big ones.
3: Yeah, it's a volume game with lettering. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I, I I put this number two on my list because I think this is 100% the best example. Of what a Marvel superhero book can be.
1: Absolutely. Yes. 100% agree.
3: Yeah. Uh, it is Because Marvel has always. Been more about. The character and the lives of the person. Right. Um, And this does. That Chip does it in here with Matt. Without it being. It, it, I, I don't know how to say it. Other than being too Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It, it never
0: like. <laughs> It never revels in Matt's ability to torture himself.
3: Yeah, right. Like, I I he, think he, he is does. tortured for much yeah. of this. Uh-huh. but It's valid, exactly, yeah. and it's it's it, it's in a way that is not oppressively so. Right. Um. It it just good on every single level. Yeah. The 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 story beats are all there, and that we get good stories, like you know his uh, uh his relationship that that he kind of has uh you know we get the the gang war kind of in Hell's Kitchen with Fisk stepping out of the role of kingpin, right? We get like all of these different things that contribute, and Matt being true to himself without, like I said being so bent up on beating himself up that he you know that's all that you get out of it
0: i mean he doesn't just beat himself up he takes action and when that doesn't work he tries something new which
1: is so out of character for him and that's why i love this book so much yeah it's it's been so hard for me to read any sort of daredevil with him not just being in somebody else's book because (laughs) i hate that about him i hate it so much and i get so tired of it but Chip has made me fucking love a Daredevil <laughs> book and I hate him.
3: Um and uh, I know this is uh, well I guess it came out so it's not completely outside the scope but like even like uh, uh electric oh in God, the yeah. last couple of issues of this. Yeah. Just like again not the typical characterization we see but so damn good.
1: I hate them together. I hate them. <laughs> I hate them so much. Yeah. Fuck you, Chip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, we love you. Come talk to us again. Yeah, yeah. do
1: that. But also, fuck you, Chip. <laughs> Stop Why making you make me like this. Stop making me like Elektra. Stop it.
3: <laughs> yep, yeah, there you go. Yeah, fantastic. Once in
0: high school, a group of us went to go see the Phantom of the Opera, but the ticket taker told us the wrong theater to go into oh no so we walk in and we sit down and like the ads are still playing and we're like it should have started by now and then the movie starts and it's electra and we got up and walked out and found the right theater <laughs> sorry i, I don't right. know if that fan was oh, that no! Much
1: better, i snorted
3: <laughs> Yep. Yeah. hey jen yeah i i want to hear oh. it for this book can i get it can, can we get that's, can we get the message it's
1: a, it's, that's a that's a google book <laughs> yeah it gets the go book sale of approval <laughs>
2: there it is i got it <laughs>
0: All right. Also
2: dead ass.
0: (laughs) There it is. My number two pick, The Lolo Woods, which I think Meg already summarized very well and hit why it works very well. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to add there. Just one of, clearly, one of my favorite books of this year. And one of the books that I have had to like struggle the least with to decide where it goes on my <laughs> list like it goes on this is the first year where, like my top two i haven't struggled with it was actually the the deciding lower stuff that was harder interesting um i do want to shout out danny uh the artist on this book uh which was also colored by tamra Bonville villain i don't know if we said it earlier it was written by carmen maria machada with steve wands lettering um Danny has been on several books I have loved lately is I think one of my favorite new artists uh looking forward to more of her work. All right, that is everyone's number 2s. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes.
0: Yep. All right.
3: Our individual number 1 picks. Brian, the most shocking of all of these has to be me, right?
0: I mean, look, I I am electrified right. by your choice. All
3: all regular listeners, go ahead and, and say it out loud yourselves, because we all know what it is. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was Ten of Swords. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, oh, let's see, Jonathan Hickman and Benjamin Percy and Teeny Howard and Vita Ayala and Jerry Duggan and, yeah, like, yeah. everything. Were
1: you like, how do I get the most people to be my number one?
3: <laughs> I mean, that was part That's of it, so bad. But, but mostly it was just This is, uh, hands down now, even more than Claremont, this is my favorite X time ever. This is now my favorite X book part of Marvel history ever.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, we talked with House of X and Powers of Ten last year about how it it just threw out any possible version of how did we get from point A to point B to create freedom to Mm -hmm. tell whatever stories. Yep. And this whole line of books, like, so just editorially, kind of the decision we came to was we would talk about Ten of Swords, the 22-issue event, plus the two prelude issues in X-Men and Excalibur right. as one thing, or we could talk about individual series, their issues leading up to that. The scope and scale of pulling off the line, I think, is impressive, but yeah. the event in particular flowed consistently. It was exciting consistently. Each book felt like itself, but also felt like an equal part of the whole. The cast of the story, like every member of it, got time to shine.
3: Mm-hmm. Phil Dodo doing art for this just by itself is for me is the price of admission. But yeah, um, and then I, I will point out, if nothing else, just the dinner episode before the event starts alone probably would have put it on my top 10
0: i mean this is the event that made me like scott summers yeah and in which apocalypse made me cry oh shit
3: Uh uh-huh it is it is like if you ask what is what is the best series you know like single book superhero thing i could read from 2020 it would be ten of swords yeah yeah it is you know uh, the same thing i would I, i said you know, years ago about the Joker War, right? Mm -hmm. Is, you know... War of Jokes and Riddles. War of Jokes and Riddles, right, yeah. Just like it is the best example of, you know, a single cohesive story that you can get. Yeah. That is traditional superhero stuff.
0: Jin and Meg. (gasps) Oh? (laughs) Once and Future.
4: Girl. (laughs) I like that we're on the same wavelength so much this year. It's very nice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I love badass
4: grandmothers like it, it, it's like a running joke on the internet of like <laughs> why do all these young dudes have to get to do the, all the questing and stuff like that and it's like yeah okay i'll give you a badass grandmother and that's once in future <laughs> oh my god
3: she's totally friends with horticulture right oh yeah <laughs> okay just <laughs> Maybe not friends, but frenemies. Probably so, uh, frenemies. Yeah, yeah. That, that's 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 probably more
0: appropriate. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I am behind on it still, but the twists and turns of Volume One was enough for me to be like, yeah, okay, I'm all in.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, everything about this book, the all of the relationships, including when they're bad, <laughs> are so I I don't know. They're like compelling while also being kind of hilarious and terrifying. I just I love this whole concept of
4: um king arthur being evil and mm. needing to destroy him and also the pure enlightenment that is duncan like
1: <laughs> duncan is so good must be protected at all costs yes i i love that like myths are real but only if you think they are yeah. And sometimes they're not the ones you think they are, but they are also the ones you think they are. And I'm very confused, but it's good.
0: <laughs> Without spoiling it, there is an amazing moment in the issue that came out this week that kind of gets into that, that you just expressed the, all right, well, this myth can play this way. I guess it's never been done before, but this myth is is soft in that it has so many different versions and retellings and its protagonist has been so many things that sure fuck it why this person can be the protagonist too.
4: yeah so is it batman or is it uh what's her name from uh jean gray is that who we're talking about here is that who's gonna show up in once in future that was a really bad joke i'm sorry it clearly (laughs) didn't go over well i was just thinking of uh, a book i read where poor jean gray um
0: (laughs) poor jean Grey is always yeah i mean you want to talk about a character whose main story beat was defined by guys writing female trauma in the 1980s yeah. yes
4: but um mm-hmm. i love the fact that like i i guess he or she put herself in a nursing home just to kind of give her grandson some space and then she's like oh yeah i hunt vampires and he's like i'm sorry what you did what <laughs> and then she's both like like super cares for him, but also like fucking shoots his ear because like we got to go somewhere. Yeah, don't fight me; I will shoot you.
3: She
1: is tough love granny, and I love it.
3: <laughs> tough love granny. And
4: there's a character, and something happens that I won't spoil. But she's like, I wouldn't have shot her. And I'm like, I just love it so much.
1: The evidence would prove the contrary, <laughs>
4: exactly. Grandma.
3: I was gonna, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you know, unless she needed you, <laughs> then I would.
4: Well, Duncan's like. <laughs> I mean, of course she shot me, but it'd be rude to shoot strangers. And I'm just like, I—that <laughs> that is the most British thing I think I've ever heard in my life.
1: That is the most family trauma thing yes. I've ever heard in my life. Yes. Oh, no. They'll hurt me all they want, but they're you not going to hurt you because they don't know you. That's rude.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's not rude if it's family right. or This book is amazing, and I love yes. it. All right. My number one pick... Um. This is another one of those years where, unintentionally, perhaps pretentiously, I've picked a book that no one else has read.
4: So pretentiously.
0: Um, this is an original graphic novel published late in October, uh, too late for us to have covered in the Spooptacular, by Image. Uh, it is written by Rom V, who is probably like pound for pound published the most of my favorite stuff this year uh artist is anand radhan krishna colorist is john pearson and letterer is aditya bidikar blue and green this is a story about a man whose mother has just committed suicide this is also a book very much about family trauma and generational trauma
1: welcome to 2020
0: yeah um he is a musician and teacher Um, and in going through like his mother's office as his sister is packing it up when he's home for the funeral, and he hasn't been home in forever because their relationship was fraught, uh, his and his mother's, he finds this picture of this man he's never seen before and wants to get answers. And that's when a demon shows up and starts kind of taunting him uh and eventually he'll go on like to make a deal with this demon and that's sort of narratively what this is about like the deals we make with demons and how we handle generational trauma and like kind of the the final takeaway of this is also the question of do we mistake trauma for art and inspiration or are they really connected and i think i think it 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 wants us to to question that for sure and i think there's an implication of it is cruel to artists to demand their trauma. But one of the things that V has talked about in interviews about this specifically in his work in general is he, he doesn't like to give the answers to those questions. He wants to kind of leave the question out there. The art is absolutely gorgeous. It is sketchy and vividly colored and sometimes beautiful and sometimes horrifying and sometimes both. Uh, it is technically proficient. There is a, a double page spread where the main character is playing a song and he and another character panel by panel in rows are laid out so that their heads are the baseline of the song he's playing. And this entire comic was written as an improvisation. The way that Ram V and Anand Radhakrishna Krishna worked is they would call each other once a day and talk about that the next page of this book and rom would not write a page until he saw the previous day's art or the previous page's art and the entire process which took I, i think they said an interview a year and a half the entire process was reacting and moving on there was no going back and making changes as an experiment it should like barely work and i think it's it it speaks to just the quality of the relationship between the team this is not their first book together uh but it is i think shocking that it was was built a page at a time because of just how beautiful and coherent and like intentional everything in it is so it is my number one pick uh sort of unwaveringly this year which is new for me Uh, I I cannot recommend it enough. Now, if you are listening, we ourselves here as we record are going to take a brief intermission and we'll be back in just a moment. All right. We are back. We have uh, deliberated over our combined list, which is to say, taken the numbers and sorted out any ties. And after
3: Jim beat everybody up, she got her white napkin.
0: You darn tootin'. (laughs) With no further ado, the Panelology Top 10 Favorite Comics of 2020. Sharing the 10 spot, we have Suicide Squad and Something is Killing the Children. It, wait, is this Something Killing the Children Suicide Squad? Uh, possibly. Okay. No children were harmed in the suicide of this squad. <laughs> Jesus.
1: I would love to see Erica Slaughter and Harley Quinn. <gasps> oh my god. In the same yes. just the amount of frustration that Erica would have dealing with her is
0: Beautiful. Yes. cosine Number nine, which I feel like is Tim influencing us in spirit.
3: Wait, Folk is swords.
0: Swords.
4: <laughs> I mean, if Tim was here, like, this would probably actually be higher up in the list.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's true. He, like,
4: I can't tell you the number of books he has of mine and comics that I've told him. Gideon Falls being one of them. And he let me borrow this and literally within twelve hours was like, have you read it? Have you read it? Have you and I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to say that to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even if he was right. It's not it doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not the point. No. Coming in at number eight, a basket full of heads.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. A, yeah. and a pear tree.
0: Oop. Lizzie Borden eat your heart out. Yeah, she's better than you. <laughs> <laughs> number seven, Adventure Man. Oh
3: so happy so happy
0: of all things on this list like this might be the one that i am just the most excited to see more of. yeah
3: it, it's everything about this is good.
0: if you've read the back matter you kind of know sort of some at least conceptually some things that are coming yeah and i cannot wait and i won't say more than that wonder twins is number six so good i mean
3: yeah, the, how we all talked about it, it shouldn't surprise anybody <laughs> Yeah, shows up here.
0: Coming in at number five, we have The Low, Low Woods.
1: Another good, good horror. Love it.
0: Once in Future is our number four. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is one that, like, I didn't mention it when you talked about it, but, like, I have all of these, and I, I, I it's another one of those that it is, I don't know Do why I'm not caught Do up. Do it, Brian. I mean, like it, it, it is just it's one of the like and I, I can tell you some of the things and this is actually one of them. Like at some point, I got a couple of issues behind and I'll share a little behind the scenes here. Generally, when I'm looking at books, I'm like, OK, if I only have to read one issue to be ca- completely caught up for this week and can talk about it, I'll choose that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so once I get like two behind, I'm like. Well, shit. And so now I'm like eight behind on this. I think we all make okay. the
1: sausage the same yeah, way, Brian. Yeah, I was going say that <laughs> yeah, yeah, influenced how I picked my Except top ten. maybe Alex. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. It's so, because
1: Alex is a monster. He's like, I only have so, to read ten to get caught up on this one. I'll Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm <laughs> do do it. it. <laughs> yeah, follow that sword. Yes.
3: So now I'm like eight behind on this and I'm like, well, shit. Now this just can't ever get.
0: <laughs> Forever in trade. Exactly. Number three. Ten of
3: Swords. (laughs) Yeah. So happy this ended up top three.
0: Well, and I think this makes sense. Like, one of the things we named one House of X and Powers of Ten placed very high last Mm -hmm. year. Yeah. One of the things, sort of collectively, we all said we were the most excited about this year was X Men. And this, like, shows sort of the promise of this X Men office writer's room thing.
3: Yep. that they're doing this whole department yeah
0: yep number two uh somehow alone at the top is matt murdoch daredevil
3: <laughs> forever alone yeah i was gonna say the fact that matt murdoch's alone is no surprise but
0: oh <laughs> <Aww. laughs> bonus points to jen who was the only one of us smart enough last year to include this on her top 10 <laughs> is
1: that how everybody else got i just knew it? i just knew
0: oh god yeah and finally the number one spot james jimphony olsen <laughs>
3: superman's pal now okay let's be fair even even knowing that it was Matt Frack in writing mm-hmm. when this very first got announced could you ever have thought that it would be the number one pick yes
0: i don't know that i would have guessed that it would wind up our number one right it does not surprise me entirely that it has i definitely would have like said oh no
3: It's got a good shot at being in our top 10. Right. But like, but like top of the list, I would not have thought that, but yet totally happy with it.
0: I think if you let me have the eight page teaser that came in that Superman, Mm. like annual or or one shot or whatever, that was our
3: first taste. Yep. That would have been enough to make me Yeah, as soon as that happened, you're like, oh my god, this is going to be something else.
0: Jimmy Olsen wakes up in bed married to an alien in Gorilla City with (laughs) a cat puking everywhere?
1: (laughs) This is the only book, like, I haven't had a lot of time to read a bunch of comics since I stopped podcasting with you guys every week. This is the only book that I have, like, consistently read over and over and over again, <laughs> because it just makes me happy. It is. If I need to pick me up, it just picks me right the fuck up.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And you, the other thing I think, it, like, you, ne- you, it, the title is so ridiculously appropriate because you 100% understand why Clark has Jimmy as his best friend, because yeah. it's just got to keep him happy.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I am very happy with this list. In fact, Jen, I think you commented while we were deliberating. This is probably the least contentious top 10 for each of us ever. Yeah, normally yeah. we have
1: a little duke it out battle about some things. <laughs> but this year we're just like, no, yeah, that fits.
0: Yeah, we're all happy. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some stuff we're looking forward to in 2021. Oh. Our, our taste of upcoming things. Yes. The thing that I think shows up on both Brian's and my list. Yeah. Future State and Beyond. I'm throwing in that and beyond for myself. That's,
3: I'm glad you, I'm glad, yeah. Yeah. Because I thought about saying that too. I'm a, I tried to think about like what title specifically, right? I was most interested in finding out where they went, but yeah. then that was kind of hard to do. So I, I, I'm super happy with the and beyond.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so here's, here is, I think what I, what I want to leave this one at go back if you haven't and listen to our solicitations episode on future state we did a standalone episode on it um we took about an hour talking about everything in this line and the creative teams are exciting yep the ideas at play are exciting and this has an energy that and we know this now this is the thing we know now that we only speculated at then this has creative teams and energy that's going to go into the series that continue in March and that start in March. And this truly is like a glimpse of things that could or will be, I think in a more substantive way than other, like five years later, one year later books have been, uh, we're also going to do a standalone solicitations episode to talk about the stuff that is coming out in March's solicitations. Um, and Jin is going to join us for that. Yeah. Uh, one of those things, though, Jin. Yeah. Is Batman Urban Legends, which contains a backup written by Chip Zdarsky about whom?
1: Uh, about Batman and the Red Hood. Chip is writing Batman. We we dropped it first, um, uh, forever ago when we had Chip on. Just want you to know that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wasn't actually writing Batman then, but he said he wanted
3: to so bad. It's the secret.
1: He did. He secreted. Sequ- oh oh <gasps> no! It was totally is, us yeah.
3: that caused this, right? No, it's like our superpower. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: we secreted it. Amazing, mm-hmm. you guys. <laughs> we secreted it for him. Beautiful. But yeah, I, Welcome, I Chip. just, I can't wait to read Chip writing Batman because it's going to be so good, and also reading him writing Jason Todd. Um, I can't fucking wait. I cannot (laughs) fucking wait.
3: Especially after what we just talked about with what he did with Matt. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: That is exactly why. Because of Daredevil, Red Hood. I'm in.
0: Chip simultaneously writing both colors of Batman. (laughs) Now I need a crossover. Camp whatever.
1: So while
4: everybody's going to have to wait for 2021 for this, I already have a copy of it. and I cannot wait to read this. Um it is chris grind a uh, new um creator i creator own there's a word for this and i'm totally blanking on okay. creator own yeah. creator uh, own is it you got good it. uh that he is working uh alternating animorphs with um when we read his animorph books uh Tim and i actually went through his other books and they're phenomenal um and I'm I'm very excited. the The whole concept is like this girl who is going to camp and doesn't want to, and also there's a mystery and maybe vampires or you know some other creatures around. So like, maybe it is actually worth the time. So I am really excited for this one. Yeah, and I guess also Animorphs Two comes out next fall. I forgot about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jin,
4: mm-hmm.
0: hit me with those stray dogs. Oh my god. Oh <laughs> my god. Oh my. God. I know. <laughs> I
1: know that it's soon. Of course. As soon as you guys saw the solicitations, you were like, oh, and Jen, Jen, and Jen will be reading this. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> yep. <laughs> and were we wrong? So,
1: just, no. <laughs> just, just the description, like, the first line of the description is Lady in the Tramp Meets Silence of the Lambs. What? Um. Yep. Yeah. Don't know. Don't care. I'm <laughs> no, gonna read I'll it. I'll read it. Yeah. I'm done. I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm. I'm gonna have uh my cozy blanket for scariness and my Kleenex <laughs> for when puppies die. <sighs> because you know it's gonna happen. I have to. I. I really have to ready myself for that, because it's gonna happen. But I am so excited for this book.
3: Jen, have you seen the? the variant cover for this
1: with the silence of the lambs yeah. movie poster yeah yeah And okay. i need okay. that as a poster in my house somewhere anywhere <laughs> in every room maybe who knows i need it uh yeah.
0: my second thing i am looking forward to vault has been teasing 2021 creative teams i think i've said before like going back to an old marvel like all new marvel now campaign there was this period of time where they wouldn't name what the book was, but would name the creative team. Yeah. And I always prefer that to, we're going to name the book, but not the creative team. That's basically what Vault has been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a new Cy Spurrier book coming up. Ooh, They've got the new book from Ram V and Anand, Rod and Krishna, the team behind mm-hmm. Blue and Green. Uh, which, I know nothing about it, but that they're writing it. I would bet money. That it shows up on my list next year. <laughs> um they've got a new Peter Milligan book. I'm sure they'll probably be tweeting out more of these teasers in the time between when we record this and when it airs. Uh but Vault puts out, I think, some of the most consistently good and imaginative stuff out there. Yeah. And I cannot wait for more. Teen Titans and Titans, Brian.
3: Yeah, so the This concept, and we, we've talked about it after Future State, of the teen—and the, I, I don't know exactly how they're going to title this and, and put it out and all of this, but essentially the Teen Titans and the Titans and the, you know, from Donna Troy and Gar to, you know, the, the new Young Justice folks, like all of this, where they're setting up essentially like an academy to train young heroes— has me very excited to see what they're going to do with this. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the most excited I've been for, you know, that kind of, I I, I guess you can call it a line, right? Teen Titans, Titans, yeah. Justice, whatever, uh, that I have been in a while. Yeah.
0: Meg. Yes. Uh, you have Sabrina 2.
4: So, yeah, Sabrina Volume 2 by Kelly Thompson will drop, will finish, and, and, and uh, I'm hoping is continuing after that. I can't imagine it's not. This seems to be doing pretty well sweet but i i love how kelly thompson does sabrina and am very excited to to grab volume two which is almost all in comicsology. but i just had to throw it out there because i feel like if i talk about it more hopefully there will be more
3: yes well to be fair we like kelly thompson doing pretty much anything so yeah this is
4: also true yes
0: yeah jen and brian i'm going to kind of throw you together here mm-hmm. jen started with the specific children of the atom and Brian has more generally uh, what we know as being called Reign of X, the yeah. the X-Men line.
3: Yep. I I, I mean, I, I don't have to say a whole lot. You guys, everybody that listens to this knows how I feel about the X-Books right now. And I, I, the fact I don't see them slowing down. Yeah, I think. I, I just see more goodness.
1: I think we could have easily just said, more X-Books.
3: Uh, that's exactly my little my little thing was all the X
1: Men. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really excited about this one because the the tagline that I read was, "Since when do the X Men have sidekicks?" <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> also Vita Ayala. Yeah,
1: also Vita Ayala.
3: Right, need it. So yeah, need yeah, it. All of it.
0: I'm going to shout out a pair of things that we've talked about the first issues of, a homesick pilots. Yes. Which, if you have not read, you need
3: to. Oh my God, Jen, you have to pick this book up immediately. Yeah,
1: I was about to say that felt very pointed.
3: <laughs> uh, that was also pointed at Meg. Yeah, it, yeah, like all everybody here, not not just Jen, not just Meg. Everybody has to pick this book up and read it. <laughs> yeah.
0: And the picture of everything else, which comes out, well, it will have just come out as this episode <laughs> airs. Is that
3: the Dorian Grayish one? Mm-hmm. Yes. What? Okay. Uh, yeah. We got we
0: got preview copy. Yeah, and talked about it briefly. Uh, a couple weeks ago it's mm. absolutely gorgeous it is watercolor and about art and classism and all of those things and just like pretty victorian horror
1: Nice, that's my degree basically cool
0: any any other 2021 stuff that comes to mind before we
4: I threw in late uh I texted you this morning it uh extraordinary by v e. shop Um, And I'm only adding this to the list because I feel like if you like comics, you would actually like the series. Uh, The books are vicious and I'm totally blanking on what the second one is called.
0: Victorious? Maybe.
4: I don't feel like that's right, though. Um, But this is essentially she went, what if just supervillains, no good guys? Who do you like then? And the question is, you still love both boys. (laughs) And there's, I think, a five year gap between the books villainous I don't remember what the second one's called, I'm totally blinking. Um, I have like four copies of vicious with all different title or covers and then just one of <laughs> the sequel, but um this takes place in the ten years be- or the five years between. So essentially like these guys in college for their dissertation decided we're gonna make superheroes. They call them extraordinaries, and they figure out the secret formula, quote unquote, for making superheroes. And it turns them both into supervillains that fight against each other. So, like, I don't know. If you read comics and superhero comics, these are probably two novels that you would really, really enjoy.
0: I have the audiobook for the first one sitting, waiting it. for me to listen to it <laughs> on your recommendation. Yes.
4: Highly, highly recommend. Um, and then, yeah, this is just, like, the series that goes in between the two novels. So, very excited for this to come out. Cool.
0: And... Last but not least, some other non comic stuff from twenty twenty that we've all loved. Uh, I'm gonna go first here because I have spent most of this year yelling about this book. Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno Garcia.
1: Yes. The only reason I don't think I heard you oh, talk No, about not at all. This at all. Definitely not. I definitely didn't text you and be like, You need to fucking read this book, Meg. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I panicked for half a second remembering that i didn't put it on my list and i was like why didn't i put it on my oh no because alex yep absolutely yeah
0: i had read sylvia moreno garcia's previous book before i read this and talk about writing totally different tones totally different genres (laughs) um all kind of under the the science fiction fantasy umbrella uh i did not expect this to be as horror as it was
4: that's my favorite thing about this
0: um, certainly not as eldritch. Yeah. Um, like especially like the first half of this kind of
4: mm-hmm.
0: kind of takes its time and builds this world and lets you get to know all these characters. And Noemi Tabawada is amazing, the main character,
1: the best main character
0: ever. <laughs> um, an another writer who knows how to name their characters, Noemi Tabawada, and. Uh, in in gods of light and shadow cassiopeia tune and then it just gets fucking weird man oh
1: it's so good
4: it's so good this book was a book of the month choice um and one of my favorite things is in social media groups to see these people buy this book uh even though the title kind of tells you like hey hey this is not light and fluffy um but the cover's so pretty and i guess they expect like a suspense or quick kind of like light horror almost and the number of people that are like don't it's so much darker and i <laughs> the only reason i haven't started this is because like every time i open it i've read the first chapter and i'm like this is going to require more b- brain power than i currently have so hopefully before the end of 2020 i will have this done
1: oh it's so good cool favorite favorite it's in my top 3 now
0: yeah favorite books and we're getting a TV adaptation.
1: Yes. Okay. I've been oh, fan casting so the shit out of this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Jen, mostly to to just brag, wants to talk about Wonder Woman 1984.
1: <laughs> I do. I got to go. Um, so I masked up and it was socially distanced, but I did go out in public uh, to see <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984 in theaters uh, for the premiere and it is wonderful it's wonderful i hate loving steve trevor i hate it but i do
0: look 2020 has already made me love scott summers i can't handle also liking steve trevor
1: well
0: (laughs) well to be fair i like chris pine i just don't know right it's (laughs) it's chris
1: pine you can't fucking hate him it's chris pine it's chris pine being chris pine as (laughs) steve trevor it's That's so fair. good.
0: This movie That's is fair. my Christmas plans.
1: Um, yeah, it should be. It absolutely <laughs> should be. Uh, yeah. I think that if you love hope, <laughs> you're gonna love this movie. Uh Pedro Pascal is amazing. I don't know how he does it. He's he's just great. Um, and of course, Galgarot is spectacular. Spectacular. And surprisingly. <laughs> For me, because I did not see her in this kind of role in my brain. I just didn't, even though she's wanted to do something like this for her entire career. Kristen Wiig knocks it out of the park. I am oh. so
0: glad to hear that, because that is the piece of casting that I think I have been most excited about. Me too. And so many people have been like, really?
1: Uh, bonkers. She's so good. She's, but she's good in everything.
3: <laughs> to be, To be fair, like... I was going to say, to be fair, everything I have ever seen her in prior to this, even though maybe it was a bit more limited in scope, has she has been amazing at. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Brian, I just have Phineas and Ferb question mark. I know you had not really come up with a list, and we briefly <laughs> talked about you having rewatched all of it.
3: I, I did. Literally so... Uh, just as, you know, kind of one of the thing I, I rewatched all of Phineas and Ferb. The only thing I have not seen is the movie they released this year, which is, you know, kind of a little odd, but um, just because th- that is the last thing I have left. I watched from beginning all the way through, and I, I, the best way I can describe that show, if you have never seen it, is that show has absolutely no right to be as good as it is. It's true. And yet, it is. It, is ab- it has one of my favorite probably single episodes I have ever seen on an on a, on a animated show, and there's an episode where basically it's like a caveman episode where there is no word spoken in it until like the last like 20, 15, 20 seconds of the show. And yet you understand every single thing that is going on.
1: And that is the best episode of the entire series.
3: <laughs> it is so good. It is so good. Meg, yes. Dash and Lily.
4: Dash and Lily. Um, if you like Christmas movies, Christmas TV shows and things, um, it is probably the cutest thing I've ever seen. Christmas wise, it's six episodes. It's on Netflix. Um, it takes place in New York, so that added bonus of like the um magic of New York at Christmas. And it is I- I've watched it like three times. It's a delight. It's also a book series. I've read the first two. I just got the third. So, um, I don't know. If you like light Christmas stuff that has romance but isn't like woman pulling up her business job to go help with ranch, um <laughs> you'll really enjoy it. Um I'm also really quick going to shout out two TikTokers that have basically helped me get through the second half of this year. Um one two
0: TikTok stand before you. Oh good god.
4: Um the first one is oh I just forgot their name. Um Their name is Kyle. I will totally find and and drop the username. Um, They unironically love Twilight. And I love all of their commentary on Twilight. And also does these little skits of, like, um, Twilight sleepovers and, (laughs) like, the fact that Leah and Angela should be OTP soulmates and, like, uh, mind blown
1: so fucking one wonderful. of my favorite tiktokers by the way
4: oh i'm so glad i'm probably gonna name another one that is also one of your favorites red panda
1: oh yes, yes that yes that, <laughs> i was gonna add that to my list i love him yes yes um i went back through actually all of his old stuff
4: too because i was just so curious what he was doing prior to so what he does is takes he started off talking about batman and how batman runs through these orphans and it was just <laughs> fucking hilarious but also is incredibly knowledgeable about comics and things and puts it very quickly and concise. And so that like people like me who doesn't really know a ton about the DC world, cause I just don't care, um, <laughs> finds interesting facts and in things. And, uh, like the one I sent last night was, Oh, what did I send you, Alex? It was Gwynpole versus
0: Superboy Prime.
4: Yes. So you're
1: getting these from both sides, Alex.
0: I am. The great thing is, you two have been good at sending me different
3: selections of them. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Al- Alex mentioned to me a couple of weeks ago, he's like, I'm getting these from both Jen and Meg now.
4: <laughs> but they're so good. I'd apologize. But no, they're don't so apologize. Good. Yeah,
3: them no, no, he, uh, he was not complaining about it, he was just commenting about it. Yeah.
4: It was like, what happens if they were to meet, and essentially it was okay, boomer, and which just summed up twenty twenty so great um, and lastly, I'm just gonna go ahead and throw out there um online games specifically among us and all seven versions of jackbox. nice, yes, yeah, those have been keeping twenty twenty afloat probably in some ways have saved my life this year.
0: so my next piece of twenty twenty media. Much gentler than the first, The Owl House.
3: Oh my God. You did watch it, finally. Yes. Oh, yes. Jen, have you gotten in on this yet?
1: I have not. I, it's okay. on my list of things to do.
0: I love this show so much. I think I've watched it all the way through twice this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, Wendy Malik
3: as Edna is. Yes.
0: I was going to say, Luce is a great protagonist. Wendy Malik is one of the most underrated actresses in history. Hands down. Her performance is amazing Uh, she's the owl
3: lady she is and then the other the other character that shocked the hell out of me and i absolutely love how they handled her was um uh she kind of starts off you think she's gonna be the mean girl amity amity yes thank you oh yeah (laughs)
0: like spoilers but at the very least they're doing some friends to some enemies to friends here yeah yep amity is Amazing and might be my favorite character, very possible yes, yeah, um although although
3: King's pretty good, too
0: <laughs> King is also good, King voiced by Alex Hirsch, creator and one of the stars of Gravity Falls, uh, yeah, I love this show, um, the Grom is, I think like th- an amazing turning point for this series. Mm-hmm. I am super excited to see more of what comes after Grom. Uh, just like the whole tale of season two, I think builds momentum so so well. I uh, can wait. Jin, mm-hmm. the ADD podcast and potential spinoff.
1: Yeah. Um. So ADD is almost daily discourse. It's I used to do uh, occasional guest spots on a show called Breaking the Panel. It's a couple of those guys and a couple of other guys. Um, and it at its heart, it's just. Four guys bringing a different topic every week and talking about whatever they want to and being vulnerable and just really being comfortable with each other and talking about like messy breakups and worse Christmas (laughs) gifts and things like that. And it's just so fun. They're just so fun. And it's nice to hear four men being so open and honest with each other awesome, like I really enjoy that, and they um they have potentially a sister show coming out called well i don't I don't know if I can tell you about that, but potentially they have a sister show coming out in january um if if everything goes as planned, and I think it's gonna be really nice to hear you know that that level of honesty and openness from two two different two very different sets of people cool
0: awesome brian have you thought of any other 2020 things to mention here i'll cut oh, us if
3: not word um no i know i'm missing okay. stuff but yeah that's cool all right uh my
0: third thing is i think on paper the least on brand
3: <sighs> thing for me i lied i do have another one go ahead. okay <laughs> you want me to do it you now wanna- you want to do it now or you want it's, to do it no, it's, it's kipo in the age of the wonder Beasts. cool oh my god what a jen a, another one that if you haven't seen you will you'll you'll absolutely love that one okay yes ab, it's so good so good netflix do it
0: uh my sister has been on me for months to watch this i watched the first episode and it was like you need to watch this yeah. and then she's watched all of it and has been like have you watched any more yet i'm like
3: no because i'm a monster
1: mm, you are <laughs> It's like I, me getting you caught up on Hello I, from I, the Magic Tavern and then stopping.
3: And yeah. not one of the good Wonder Beast monsters either. No.
0: My soundtrack is not nearly that good. Oh, yes. All right. My third thing, uh, perhaps the least on brand possible thing, at least on paper for me to bring, is an Apple TV Plus series <laughs> called Ted Lasso. Brian, you you seem to know what this is. Have you have you watched this?
3: It's not what I thought you were going to say. So, no, nope, oh. not I have
0: not. Okay.
1: Oh, you thought he was going to say the Emily Dickinson one? Mm-hmm.
0: I do yeah. like Dickinson. I am way behind on it. I do like Dickinson and need to catch up before season 2. Uh, but no, that would be that would be more on brand for me than this. Ted Lasso is a show about an American football coach hired to coach a, an English soccer team.
1: Yeah, I cannot imagine these words coming out of your mouth. So, hey, 2020,
0: what have you done? Um, Yeah, like, we're not going to talk about how just utterly bizarre my media choices for this year seem on paper. But here is here is why I love it. Making this even more confusing coming from me. Ted Lasso is played by Jason Sudeikis. And this character is the least bitter, least toxic dude I have ever seen on TV. He is genuinely a nice person who wants the best for everyone and believes in the things people say and believes in people and is more concerned with making his players better people than a better team. Like He believes if I do one, the other will follow.
1: So it's a complete break from Jason Sudeikis' normal character too.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, His assistant coach who has this big beard and who is named Coach Beard. uh <gasps> Aww. is is like great comedic yes man for the most part the two of them will just go on long strings of puns and jokes about musical theater and hello yes it makes sense for me again now right okay all right yeah and the thing you learn is he has been hired because the new owner of the team who got the team in her divorce from her husband who was cheating on her with 20 something year old tv uh uh or 20 something year old models and actresses uh, who in an episode is actually played by giles from buffy
2: <sighs>
0: she wants to just absolutely destroy the team because it's the one thing he actually cared about and has hired ted lasso because she thinks he's the least competent least qualified person to do it Aww. juno temple plays a supporting character named keely who is just like every time she's on screen she's just this amazing like burst of energy everything about the show is great it will make you cry at times not gonna lie but could not recommend it more. Uh, it's also produced by Bill Lawrence, who did Scrubs. Zach Braff directs the second episode, and somehow it's still earnest. I don't, I don't understand <laughs> anything about the <laughs> show or why I like it. But I'm, I'm so here for more. Okay, Jin. Yeah. Devs.
1: So the complete opposite mm. of your
3: show.
1: <laughs> um, this show, I, I don't remember if it came out in 2020. Yeah, it had to. Have. It did. It, it had to. Have. Um,
3: I don't know how I haven't seen it yet.
1: It's so good. It's in like the same vein, I would say, as Mr. Robot. Uh, making you question reality, weird time skips, things are fucked up. Basically, uh, a big group of developers, big group of programmers, create an algorithm that uh, predicts the future. But in the end, you don't really know if it's predicting the future, or if you're in the... But it, dude, that's the beginning of it, okay? That's like, <laughs> that's just how things are when it starts out. You don't know, you don't know what the fuck is going on, but they know what's going on. But maybe they don't know what's going on. Uh, is kind of the theme of the things that I like this year. Maybe nobody knows what's going on, huh? That sounds um, right. It is beautifully acted nick offerman plays a role that i never would have seen him in um and it's wonderful and also this show is terrifying if you think that if you're one of the few people who thinks that it's even a possibility that we are just in a program we're in the simulation (laughs) this show will fuck you up it will fuck you up big it's so good um and i i hate that we're ending on this will fuck you up instead of hope and joy and love but um
3: brian brian pull something out of the air <laughs> to be fair what's more on brand for us Let me. <laughs> <laughs> i knew
0: i should have had you go before i did ted lasso
1: i know we should have ended on wonder woman
3: keepo, keep-o in the age of the wonder beast i'll say it again <laughs> so cute so
1: so wonderful
0: gotta throw this one out there i may cut this this one's narrow casting to jen there is a recurring character who is a journalist named trent crim of the independent Played by James Lance from No Heroics. Uh.
1: Oh. Oh, no. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, I'm going to go watch it right now. I have to go sign up for Apple TV right now. We have to quit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, good news. That is it. That is everything. We are done. We have talked about uh, 38 different comic series and a bunch of other non comics things. Uh, I'm going to spare us all the usual outro. Um, instead, like take care of yourselves, everyone, over the last few days of twenty twenty.
1: You got this. You got yeah. this.
0: You can make it, you can do it. That thing jen said about hope, like Look, that we should have ended on that note. That that's really it. That's it's the like, one.
1: If hey, if you're here in twenty twenty one, I'll be here too.
3: Yep. Well, we're all gonna make it. Yeah. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. I'm Brian. And I'm Meg. Now go read the year's best comics.